Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Wednesday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Brad Thompson. I'm Anthony Stalter. That's right. BT in for Jamie Rivers for the next three days. That that was just natural. I forget it that you're good to me. I forget that you're not even like full time anymore. You just feel like it's baseball season and I'll show up every once in a while. Nah, you said it, not me. Well, that's a, that's what everybody was thinking. I'm happy to be here. It's with great you. to see you, and Brad. Especially after a momentous occasion like that. Anthony, Huge. the fast lane over the years. Did the show for nearly 10 years, Mm -hmm. I feel like. Not too many times, if ever, did we lead a show with NBA. But here we are. Yeah, I can't think of one time. LeBron James, for good reason, the all-time scoring record. Look, I bet there are a lot of people probably get frustrated listening to us, Anthony, because we don't talk NBA. Don't don't talk enough of it, right? There are other people that say, right now, shut the hell up with your NBA talk. This isn't an NBA conversation. This is a greatness conversation, which will likely turn into an MJ or LeBron (laughs) conversation because I think that that is the necessity when you're talking about these things. But what a cool moment, right? No matter what your fandom is, what sport you're into, to watch a guy reach a pinnacle like that, truly special. Certainly. So James breaks the NBA's all-time scoring record last night, finished with 38 points, seven rebounds, three assists, three steals, four three-pointers in a 133-130 loss to the Thunder. <laughs> That's about I mean, right. That's a great stat Go line, Lakers. right? And then a 133-130 loss to the Thunder. Uh you know, the thing, and, and Brad, I brought this up yesterday with Michelle. I don't know how you feel, but I remember when LeBron James, I believe I was in college. I remember when LeBron James had his high school basketball games aired on yes. ESPN. Yes. And the if I'm being honest, the thought I had and the thought I probably shared at the time was, yep, this ain't, he ain't going to make it. Why? Because Why was that when does thought? that happen? When does it happen when when there Bryce are, Harper? Well, that was the only other that was the only other guy I thought of was Bryce Harper. To show the young player in whether it be high school in LeBron's case, Bryce Harper, I think they were showing his his T ball games in Basically, Vegas. Yeah. But outside of those two two athletes, when has it ever happened where it's like prodigy son, next MJ, next Babe Ruth, next whoever? And it actually pay you off know what, like though, that. To, to that point, though, can you think of any other example where they are showing uh, uh, somebody's games like that and then they don't pan out? No, it's a good point. But even like college kids or and I'm talking about any sport. We set the bar so high for somebody. It and often then... feels like they there's no chance that they are going to, to have a, an outstanding career, let alone this. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a that's a good point. It's, it's very and, and to me. Maybe that's what makes it even more impressive with LeBron James, that he's been under the microscope forever. MJ, might as well start now. Michael Jordan had the the chip on his shoulder. He got cut from this team, didn't make that team. And and finally, you know, at North Carolina, he said, I'm going to be the best player ever. And they said, all right, well, show me. Show me. And he showed you, and then he showed you for absolutely ever that that he was the guy. LeBron James has been under a microscope since he was a child Mm -hmm. and continued to live up and surpass expectations. And one of the things, and odd to say this, uh, after he ends up setting the all-time scoring record, 
But LeBron James, I, I don't think, my first thing that I, I think of with LeBron James isn't necessarily elite scorer. And obviously he is, he is the record holder. But I think MJ, I think elite scorer. Just, yeah. just creating offense on his own. Same thing with Kobe Bryant. Like put the ball in his hands, the dude is a scorer. LeBron James is also fourth all time in assists. Mm -hmm. He's ninth all time in rebounds. He is, I believe, 32nd, no, 32nd all time in rebounds, ninth in steals. Like this guy is a, a complete all around round player and he's been a facilitator at 19 years old or hell he might have been 18 years old he goes to the Cavaliers and turns them into a good team just because he's there like that's what he's done every step along the way you can get your text into the air comfort service text line 314-96 no 399-9646 still getting Nailed used to that it. new text line um, that says what about this year in the Lakers they suck and he's trying he's trying to elevate them his stats uh, stat lines still looks the same but the fact that he's been under this microscope, Anthony, forever, mm -hmm. and is still like he's such the complete player in this era of social media and all these other ventures that are out there, it is incredible. And if you're saying, hey, LeBron is he is the best basketball player of all time, there's always going to be pushback from the MJ crowd, or maybe you just got a random one-off. It's like, no, nah, it's this guy. Yeah. It's an easy case to make. He's magic. The comp to me is magic. No, magic is uh, Magic Johnson. Yeah, no, Brad, I, I meant Magic I, pro I I apologize. The way that I, he plays is like magic, like, like ta-da, or like Magic Johnson. Yes. It's wow. magic, and it resembles more Magic Johnson than Michael Jordan. If we're gonna go down the magic, if we're gonna go to the mm. the, the, the Michael Jordan comp, the, the, to me, from like the Stone Cold Killer comp, that's Kobe. Like yes. the guy, the guy that knew if it didn't matter if you were the opposing team or you were serving beers in the upper decks, you knew that Kobe was going to take the shot or you knew that MJ was going to take the shot. And that was the thing I felt like everybody started criticizing LeBron for earlier in his career. Right. Hey, Matt, he, he's not uh, he's not Jordan. Hey, look, he passed. Okay, <laughs> then then let's then let's get good? the let's get the accurate comp. Then the, to me, the accurate comp would be would be Magic, not Michael Jordan. And then when he sat down and did the decision, that's when the the anger started to pop up for people, right? Then Do you remember where rooting. you were for the decision? Yeah. Where were you at? Uh, I believe and at were that, you watching? At that point, I was back So it was in, 2010. So that was my first year here. So, oh, maybe I don't remember. Yeah, no, I was so, in Chicago. So okay. first half, I was still living in. I was in. I was back home in Chicago. So uh, I was in. I was in my apartment watching that, and I was shocked that he chose Miami. Yes, and I remember I was. Uh, you know, I was. I was in a transition, Anthony. I was in the middle of getting released. Uh, I got released from the Royals. Uh, was picked up by the Astros in they, AAA. They didn't know the they, Astros. The Royals didn't know what they had. They had. You a, were taking your talents to the to that organization. I was. I was. Mm -hmm. I had taken my talents to Round Rock, Texas. Yeah. And the decision was happening in prime time. And I remember distinctly that our game was starting. We're all sitting in the clubhouse. Everybody's watching this decision, want to get into it. It was an hour-long program that probably should have been 15 minutes. There was right. a little bit too much fluff that was going in all of this. So I remember going out to the bullpen, and then every five minutes, a different member of the bullpen had to go to the bathroom and made their way all the way back up to the clubhouse to find out what the decision was. Like, it was such a random thing, but it was such a big deal 
for some reason. That still hangs over his head. If, if you think of LeBron and you're mad at him for the decision, I think you're mad at a lot of things in your life. <laughs> like, if you're just still clinging to the decision, unless you're a Cavaliers fan, but yeah. I think that he did made good uh, on think, that one, yeah. too. Uh, I think he had your back on but that. But, like, that's how iconic his career was, and, and that was over a decade ago. Right. Of where he goes is, like, everybody needs to know, and there was a freaking TV show about it. Given the chance to go back on that and do that one again, chances are he might do it a tiny bit differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it worked out very well for him, for his career, winning a couple of championships. Not one, not two, not three, not... I mean, you're right. It wasn't... It it was a lot. There was a lot going into it. But the guy is prolific. He... he, I think he beat this record, uh, Kareem's record, by over 150 games, like 150 games sooner. He was the youngest to 1,000 points all the way through 38,000 points. It's just unprecedented what we've seen. And the longevity. Anthony, he's one of like the first really guys in the NBA that we've heard of. I think of like him and I think of Tom Brady, who really started like taking care of their body at a different level. Like MJ's level, like not that he didn't take care of his body, but he was also out there hammering cigars and going out doing his thing, getting drunk on the golf course and figuring it out as we go. I'll get that Jordan flu. I'll drop 50 on you (laughs) and we'll be good. Like LeBron kind of changed the game and the NBA changed while he's been in it. Sure. This league, when he first came in, his first handful of years it still it wasn't a three-point driven league and mm-hmm. then there was a transition period now what we've we've looked at what the nba has turned into and he's been the same guy all along yeah it's impressive i wonder if some people knock him for that too though but you can't you, you can't knock him for not playing in mj's era like the, the, no hand check right i mean okay. it, we're reaching okay like, and the decision was a pr mistake it wasn't a basketball mistake agreed so all right so is is he the goat he was asked this. LeBron was asked this last night. I think it's a great barbershop talk. It's, um, it's going to happen uh, forever and ever. You know, if I was the GM or, or whatever the case may be of a, of a franchise that was starting up and I had the number one pick, I'd take me. But that's just me because I believe in myself. I know what I bring to the table. A guy that has been able to um, transform his game over the course of 20 years to be able to play any position in this league and excel at any position. You know, I can play one through five. You know, I've led the league in assists. I've been able to do whatever this this game has wanted me to do. You know, the fact that he wouldn't take MJ, that just shows how selfish the guy is. Yeah, it's all about him first. Don't we just talked about him being a facilitator, <laughs> but he wasn't going to give MJ the assist. Uh, it's This will be a debate that goes down forever. Yep. Uh, I don't know, and I, I realize that we're in an era of scoring right now, and the three-point shot is the thing. I don't believe that this will be a record that gets broken. I think that you don't. I don't, dude. Twenty the longevity years, aspect. It Twenty years that he's been in the Factors league now. Out. At this point, been incredibly consistent. And the the old record, Kareem's record, it's lasted since April fifth, nineteen eighty four. That's over thirty eight years that that record has been out there. I just don't know if there's anybody else that's going to be able so to have that sort of longevity. I'm looking. I'm looking at this right now, of current current NBA players. Okay. Where's uh, where's Luca? Not Luca. Uh, yeah, Luca Doncic. Yeah, but he's not gonna be up that high. He ain't been in the league that long. Who was the guy that I was thinking of? Gosh, Steph. Don't. Well, I don't even think he's Steph's injured. Be that well, much. Kevin Durant's fourteenth. He ain't gonna get there. I, I I would I wouldn't think so. How old's KD at oh, this wait, point? Oh wait, am I looking at the right thing? Maybe I'm not looking at the right thing. You're looking at points. Yeah, you are. I know am where I? you're at. You're yeah. at NBA. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're all-time leaders. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, fourteenth is Kevin Durant. Uh, let's see here. 
Get out of here with your exclusive NBA content. You I don't want it. I just got that, too. Too many pop-ups. We yep. need some ad blockers here at 101 ESPN. Tell you how many times I've that. gone to NBA.com. James, <laughs> James Harden is 27th. That ain't going to happen. Well, my man shoots a lot. He don't play defense. Chris Paul, probably not. Steph Curry. Steph Curry's 39, 39 overall. Yeah, how many points? Uh, he's he's at, at like 21,000-something. Yeah. He's going to get another... 17,000? Absolutely. Not. Not. <laughs> no, this, you're right. This is probably not going to be broken because of the longevity. Kobe Ryan, by the way, fourth. MJ fifth. Pretty incredible. So MJ's the fifth best player. Well, think about time. MJ. The guy took off a year <laughs> or so. <laughs> took off a few years. So that's the thing, too. When you look at the all-time scoring record, I guarantee somebody else is like, oh, yeah, well, is Emmitt Smith the best running back ever? No. Mm-mm. He's got the most yards. Mm-hmm. Like, But it, it's much more. That's just another piece of the story with right. LeBron now. And I'll, I'll tell you full on. Like, If we just had one decision, if you say, Brad, you got one championship, you got one game to win, you get both these guys in their prime. You get LeBron, you get MJ. I don't even have to think. It's Michael Jordan every single time in that situation. But to say, like, that uh, LeBron's career doesn't match up to it, it does. Guy's been to 10 NBA Finals, only won four of them. Is that worse? Is that worse than Jordan going six for six? I don't think it is. It's it's similar to saying Peyton Peyton Manning didn't have a good career because it wasn't Tom Brady's career. Like, Peyton Manning's one of the all-time greats. Where are you at on Joe Montana's career? I mean, we're talking about one of the all-time best. Dan Orlovsky said he's not in the top 20. Dan's drunk. I know. On air, but he sticks with it. It's not in the top 20 of all-time quarterbacks? That's what he said. Joe Montana. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Vic- he doubled down on it. That's how you lose credibility. Half right? the, you get it. Half, <laughs> you the teams, with it. half the teams are still running Bill Walsh's West Coast offense yeah. in large part because of what Joe Montana was able to accomplish. Couldn't do it long enough. He's twenty. He's 20th, really. Yeah. Dan just indirectly told us that he hangs out with Aaron Rodgers. When did Dan he's become been, Skip? He's been drinking the ayahuasca, Anthony. I guess so, in a dark hole, huh? All up in his punch of car. There you go. That's Brad Thompson. He's filling in for Jamie Rivers. We're going to talk to Jamie live from Mexico at uh, 2.30. Boy, let's get that dump button ready just in yeah, case. Yeah, I think uh, he, he, well, he texted us. He said, hey, he's like, uh, let me know if you want to come on. We'd love to talk to you guys. Talk a little blues. And Brad said right before the show, he made a great point. He goes, how drunk could he, Jamie be? Probably pretty drunk. Probably pretty drunk. Yep. So we're going to talk to Jamie at the bottom of the hour, see what we could get out of him. Uh, Keith Law, though, as Janet says, Keith Law, that guy's a tool. Unless he's hyping up the Cardinals farm system. Tool can be used in many ways. Absolutely. He's a tool for good in this case. We'll tell you what Keith Law had to say about your Cardinals farm system next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Keith Law is a tool. No, not today. No, he is a tool for us to use to unlock what the Cardinals farm system looks like. I see what you did there, BT. Well done. That's yeah. a, that's called the transition in the business. That's biz. a friend of the show, Keith Law. Certainly is. Does he agree with many of the opinions that some people on this show have? Yeah, no. No. Mm-mm. No. Did uh, Was there a time where Keith Law was, uh, I think it was Meat, reached out to Keith Law uh, for our show? 
And he said, is that the one with Brad Thompson on it? And he said, yeah. Yes, said, sir, it is. The one that called me an idiot? Hmm. I said, Meat's like, did you call him an idiot? I go, not directly. Yeah. My, my comment was on a pregame show about Yadier Molina. On a pregame. So he's watching. Keith's watching. He digs in, does his research. That's why we take his uh, ranking seriously. But I said, if you don't believe that Yadier Molina is a Hall of Famer, you are an idiot. And Keith said, no, I'm not. But uh, but he, he kept that with him, like in his heart. I like players that hold grudges. You know, he's got some MJ in him, among other things. I can't stand Keith Law, and I will never listen to him on the radio. Don't have to. We'll just talk about the work that he does. Sounds like he's got some rabbit ears and some insecurity issues. You know what, though? Because you cares. weren't talking about him. No, not that. I really wasn't talking <laughs> about were. him. I was talking about anybody that uh, that had the same thing. <laughs> me, me just sent me a text. He said, he went to Harvard, bro. Okay. He, is, he let you know about didn't that, you, too. Didn't you read his book and hated it? No. So uh, I think that his book was, there were things that I pushed back on. Uh, I pushed back on the concept of there's no clutch, right? Because he can't quantify it. He's like, there's no such thing. See, unless you've stood on the mound or Mm. been in the batter's box in these moments, like you don't know what those feelings are. Right. But there's a crowd that's, well, it's not analytically driven. Like that bothers me a little bit. I guess technically it's not. How do you quantify it? it, but But you're right. Who knows? Who really knows? Who really knows? Agreed, Lisa. I really do agree. But anyways, Keith Law had a ranking. Yeah, friend of the show today. Uh, Jordan Walker was number one. The hell Uh, is he doing? You surprised, guys? No. No, not at all. What uh, what I'm happy about, though, Anthony, is that across baseball, and this isn't just Keith Law, who, like all jokes aside, Keith does a really good job at The Athletic and is is ear to the ground when it comes to organizations, prospects, puts in a lot of work. Uh, Keith's been high on on the Cardinals minor league system now, but across baseball, ESPN, Baseball America, the Cardinals have done a really good job of revamping things and really getting high-end talent. And obviously it starts with Jordan Walker, but really like the whole jump off is a 2020 draft that was a shortened draft. And the three top prospects that the organization has, Anthony, all came from that draft. Flo. Remarkable. Nice job. work, Randy Flores. Randy Flores and done. company. A lot of uh, a lot of scouts. A lot of people digging into this. It's a team, Anthony. Yeah, synergy. everybody come together. SynergyHockeySkills.com for a really good draft, mm-hmm. and that's what they did. Because number one, Jordan Walker shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Is absolutely not a surprise to anybody, and I hope it's not a surprise to anybody when opening day rolls around. You're playing against the Toronto Blue Jays, and batting seventh is Jordan Walker. And the only reason I put him batting seventh is take a little pressure off the kid. Sure. You know, it's your first major league game and all. Just go ahead, sit back here, and then just drop a bomb in your first at bat. No big if deal. you'd like to. Yeah. Uh, but there's uh, there's a lot of intrigue around him around the game of baseball he's 20 years old he's six five like he, he is he's still growing and still trying to figure out what he's going to be like what he's going to look like raw power easy swing everything about his game is solid he's not going to be like this crazy he's not a plus runner he's a good athlete he'll profile just fine in the corner i told you uh, i was talking to skip schumacher last year on one of the team flights i said hey man how is the transition for Walker going? They get all the reports on all these guys, yep. and he's seen them. Say, so how's the transition for Walker going to the outfield? He's like, dude, 
will not be surprised if this guy wins a gold glove wow. in, in, in one of the corners. So uh, we'll see what that looks like. We'll see what spring looks like for him as there's some pressure on him, Anthony, because we saw it last year, remember, with Nolan Gorman. We saw that pressure that was put on him yeah. in spring training, had a chance to make the team, and it was like, Oh, 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 not ready. So that's fine. Like I want to see that what Jordan Walker. Good. No, I want to see what he ends up uh, looking like uh, in that mix. But yeah, that's number one. But number two, Mason Wynn. Do you have uh, Mason Wynn? When do you, Anthony, have mm-hmm. Mason Wynn coming to the big leagues? Not next year, but the year after. I agree. I think he gets a full year in Triple A. Maybe he gets a cup of coffee at the end of the year when they, you know, expand the rosters. Only 21 years old. Just turned, I think, too. But I think Mason Wynn finds himself on the big league roster in some capacity in two years. That doesn't necessarily mean he's the starting shortstop because I think this kid is athletic enough to play center field for you. I mean, if you can play shortstop, you can play center. Typically, right? You have the you at least have the athleticism to do so. Tell him, Wash. Yeah, it's incredibly <laughs> difficult. Incredible difficult, especially now that you're not shifting as much. Nonetheless, this kid this kid is a is an outstanding athlete. He's obviously got an absolute hose attached to his his uh, right shoulder. So I think two years from now, what about you? Uh, I think that that is a a very fair timeline for him. But? And I really no no but no but the the part that I want to see is. Does the bat continue to grow for him? Because he's hit a lot more. If you, I don't even think you have to give the organization truth serum. They thought he'd be pitching by now. They were, you were drafting the overall athlete, but you were really drafting the arm. Like that yeah. was going to be the thought that Mason Wynn was going to be a high upside arm for you. Uh, everybody remembers the future game when he threw a ball 100.5 miles an hour from shortstop across the diamond. One where just like Turner. me out there at yeah. Central, of course, mm-hmm. of course, except for he got to stick at his position of shortstop yeah. because he might kill someone from second base. Uh, politics, it really is. In. No, it is uh, over there in those intramural leagues. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of parents that are still calling the <laughs> the un paid coach and say my boy my boy is a shortstop and you know i'm a donor here right you read that name on the library that's me and i'm sure that was the case why you were moved off of short yeah, of course to do with your tremendous arm yeah uh, but uh excited for for mason Wynn, the guy that really in all of this prospect list jordan walker aside i guess is Tink Hans. Mm-hmm. that's the guy that i want to see because what is this team devoid of right now pitching Top end pitching. Top end pitching. And that's exactly where Tink Hens profiles. He profiles. He's listed at 6'1". I don't think he's 6'1". I'm also listed as 6'1". I'm pretty sure I'm six foot, But with cleats on, you know, 6'1". Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, and maybe sometimes six foot pushing it. Like, who knows? Uh, but he's he's slight. He's skinny. He throws the hell out of it, Anthony. He's got a fastball that rides at the top of the zone. He can dot it down. Uh, he's got a good breaking ball. And Fangraphs recently did a piece on him, just kind of a Q&A back and forth. And he talked about that his best secondary pitch is actually his changeup that he didn't really have. He's developed that here recently. Nice. So you think about that nice combo. He's got pitch ability. He's got four pitches that he can throw. Uh, look, this is going to be a guy, potentially, and he's a non-roster invite. So we're going to get a chance to see Tinkens, who is 20 years old, in spring training. He'll get some uh, He'll get some games in early. You would think as soon as they start doing cuts, he'll probably be out of there pretty quickly. Not because he's not talented, because you're going to want him to go down to the minor leagues, really build up his innings. He's not making the jump from A ball to the big leagues this year. So right. if that's your thought, like, hey, if he's a great 
arm, bring him here right now. He ain't ready. Yeah. He's not ready at 20 years old to make a jump from A ball to the big leagues, but he is a guy that I really want to get a look at. So maybe we'll dive into this a little bit more when we're looking at Keith Law's rankings, but the, the takeaway, the main takeaway is that somebody, you may disagree with his opinion, and in fact, a, a lot of us do. Nonetheless, Keith Law has done his research, he's done his homework on things, and he, he knows he does know what he's talking about. So when he looked at the Cardinals' farm system, he, he thinks it's in great shape. That's kind of the takeaway. But, again, maybe we'll dive into some of these other names a little bit later on. We got a visit with Jamie, though. He's down in, uh, he's down in Mexico. We're just going to rapid-fire throw names at him, and he tells us whether or not the Blues trade these guys or not. That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new big green egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So we're having a little trouble connecting with Jamie. Oh, I wonder what the trouble is. Dos cervezas, por favor. Exactly. He's missed the phone. Lo siento, boys. Come on. Pick up your damn phone. Actually, the problem might be on our end. Actually, Either way, we're gonna, we'll chat with Jamie at some point. We're going to throw. The later, the better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're we were going to throw the names, so like Blue's names, just rapid fire at Jamie and have him tell us whether or not he believes the Blues will trade those players or not. Let, let's just start off with the inevitable one, in my eyes, uh, and, and yours too, I'm sure, and a lot of people's. Vladimir Tarasenko. No chance. I'm thinking multi-year extension, Anthony. You Zig when you think that everyone is going to zag. That's yeah. what you do there. You trade him, and you trade him quickly if you can. The, the interesting thing with his situation, he does have the no-trade clause. Yep. So you still have to find somewhere that he actually accepts. So the thought of you getting your maximum value for Vladimir Tarasenko, like, is there such a thing as max value when he still has to okay every deal? I think it makes it harder to get max value on the return. However, Brad, you, you and I know this when it comes to, to baseball. There's going to be a team that's going to be desperate. There's going to be a team that could use a score. That could use a score. I know that he's his his numbers are down than from what they've they have been. Not in the All Star game, Anthony. He's an All Star, four bingo, points, bango, bongo, goal, three three assist. But when it comes to Tarasenko's ability, I what's if if I'm if I'm a team and I'm looking at making a deal with the Blues for Tarasenko and Jeremy Rutherford, who we'll talk to later in the show. 
the the reports are, and who knows if this is true, Doug Armstrong typically plays everything close to the vest, so maybe this is just kind of speculation, uh, an educated guess. But the Blues are seeking a first-round pick and a prospect. Are if, you giving that away for a rental? I am. Of Tarasenko? I am. Because if I'm... It, obviously, you got to be you got to be in a spot where you feel as though that you're going to either qualify for the playoffs and not only qualify for the playoffs, but I feel like I'm going to make a bit of a run. Yeah. We'll use the Rangers as an example because that was the that was the study that Jr. did. He got he got with uh, a Rangers writer from the Athletic, and you know he's talking about Vladimir Tarasenko being a fit for the Rangers. If I'm the Rangers and I need a, t- a top line right winger, what what's the downside? You give up a you give up a first round pick, but that, you already have a very good nucleus if you're the Rangers. Too. Right, right. I give up a so the downside is I what I don't win the Stanley Cup and I gave up a first rounder to make a run at it. But you went for it. But you went for it. So for me, I I think that there will be a team that will give up a, a first round pick and maybe a low end prospect. Let's actually go to the Brown and Crewman celebrity line and talk to our guy Jamie Rivers about this very subject though Jamie uh live from Mexico how many how many drinks are we in Jamie uh we're uh I think the count I don't know we started at about uh 10:30 this morning and it's an hour ahead here in beautiful Cancun so 17 I, I think I lost count Anthony okay yeah about 17 Brad does that sound about right yeah no it depends mm. there is uh, some sort of a uh, currency exchange there too so sure I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so jamie uh we're let, let's throw some let's just play the trade game with you we're oh gonna, yeah let's do that we're gonna throw we're just gonna throw blues players names at you and you give us uh a, a yay or nay whether or not they're dealt let's start off with okay. the, the obvious here tarasenko yes i believe he is uh he will be playing for a different team correct Real, real quick with that, we were just talk, kicking this one around, Jamie. Like, he still has to accept the trade, right? So will that be difficult to get the max value that you want if you're Doug Armstrong, if he has to accept where he's going? So that's the kicker right there is teams know that Vladdy has the full no-trade clause. So what's going to happen is they'll offer less in return, knowing that there's not a slew of teams out there that are already in the mix because of the no-trade clause. So, yes, the, the, what you'll get in return is definitely lower than market value would be for a guy like Vladimir Tursenko, and it's strictly based on his no-trade clause. Now, Vladdy could throw a wrench in all of it and just say, hey, I'm going to fully waive my no-trade clause. You can trade me anywhere you want. But then, you know, he would lose his ability then to kind of control himself going to a contending team. You know, Arizona Coyotes might do a, a favor for the Blues and pick him up, but you know, Vladdy's not going to want to waive his no trade to go to a team that's not even the playoff picture. Jamie, what about Ivan Barbashev? This is a tricky one for me. You know, I, I, I like Ivan Barbashev a lot as a player and certainly as an individual. I, I feel like the Blues should continue to keep guys like him. I feel like. We, we regret getting rid of guys like Pat Maroon, letting him walk. And although they're not the big pivotal players, it's some of the glue for your team right now. And quite honestly, some sandpaper that your team has. I mean, what does this team look like without an Ivan Barbashev now? I mean, quite honestly, we've always talked about how if it's not Braden Shan, who is it that's going to go out there and do it? Well, Tyler Tucker's a guy that would do it, but he's back down in the minors. Jake Neighbors is a guy to do it, but right now, currently, he finds himself in the minors. So you get rid of a guy like Barbie you're really kind of liquidating your sandpaper. I don't think the price would be astronomical to keep a guy like that, especially since the return may not be all that great. Because I don't think other teams view Barbie 
uh, the same as the Blues do. You know, you know that old that old adage of you know you, you value the player more within your organization than the rest of the league does. I think you could get a pick for him, maybe a third or a fourth round pick. But if that's the case, why not just try to work out some kind of an extension with Ivan? Jamie, two-part question. Uh, first part is uh, when you're in Mexico and you're drinking all day, what is the uh, go-to cocktail of choice? Or when you're on vacation, do you just mix it up the entire time? So, honestly, BT, I think I've had every drink ever made. Kind of what I was thinking. Mexico. Uh, I just, like, from frozen daiquiris to the margarita on the rocks to bourbon on the rocks to wine to uh, mimosas. I, all today. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to consume the entire menu. Good for you. That's what you do at an all-inclusive. And since you're lubed up, uh, is there anything that uh, has changed, Jamie? Let me slide this question in. uh, With Ryan O'Reilly and his situation, like, have you heard any inklings of an actual conversation about a long-term deal, or is this another inevitable he's likely walking out the door? I I don't think it's inevitable. I don't, although I do feel like – it's inching closer and closer to Ryan O'Reilly wearing a different jersey. I just think that, honestly, if you're going to get something in return, he's the guy that's going to get you the most. So if you're Doug Armstrong and you float out Ryan O'Reilly to a number of teams, every team that's a contender right now would definitely put together an offer to acquire Ryan O'Reilly because he's the type of player that can take your team over the top. So I think that's your biggest return on the trade market. And this is why I think Army's going to play hardball a little bit because if he doesn't get Ryan O'Reilly for the uh, <coughs> excuse me the team friendly deal that he wants, I think he'll view it as an opportunity to get the most for him in return. Talking to Jamie Rivers about Blues players that uh, whether or not he believes will be dealt or not at the deadline. How about Noel Achari? Yeah, that's a, that's another interesting one. I feel like if I'm the Blues, I feel like I resign him. He's not going to break the bank. Um, now, this is, of course, this is always assuming that the player wants to stay here and the player wants to continue to play for the St. Louis Blues. You know, Noah had himself quite a season, um, but sometimes a veteran guy like that realizes, I've had a good season because of my situation here in St. Louis. Because when he was playing on a smaller role in Florida and smaller roles in Boston, he didn't have the same kind of success. And so if I'm a guy like Achari and I'm talking to my agent, I'm talking to him about, hey, See if you can get me a two- or three-year contract extension here with St. Louis because I know the head coach isn't afraid to play me up and down the lineup. I mean, Achari stunned himself on the power play at times. He kills penalties. He's played second line, third line, fourth line. He's a leadership-type guy. I would prefer to keep him because I don't think the exchange out there in the market is going to be that great for him. I don't think you get a player or a pick that becomes relevant. Jamie, quickly moving away from from the trade talk, uh, the Blues have had this long layoff here. It was a, a skid heading into the break as they had dropped five in a row. They play Saturday night against the Arizona Coyotes, who I believe they owe one to. But do you do ex- they ever? Oh Brad. man, do you expect to see anything different? Like, do you believe that this reset can actually help anything, or is that just us being radio people and just like grasping at things that this group, this same group, is going to be able to change? No, I think it, it definitely changes things. You know, you've got guys that were bumped and bruised, and you some guys that just weren't playing very well. You get this long reset, and what's the funny thing that happens is you start to miss the game. Like five or six or seven days in, you're craving the opportunity to get back to the rink. And then once you get back to the rink, then you still can't play a game. 
it's amazing. It creates that hunger inside your belly where you just you want to get playing again, and the team knows they've lost five in a row. It's time to come back to this to, to Arizona and really kind of get after it. So I think you'll see a change. I think you'll see some guys that uh, are playing more inspired. And if there's guys that are looking to be dealt or uh, looking for another opportunity, they're going to want to play their best. They want teams knocking at the door. They want teams calling. They want teams kicking tires. Uh, and if it's guys that don't want to be traded, it's the same to be said there. They're going to work their asses off because they don't want to be traded. They want to stay in St. Louis. So for me, the the week to 10 days following this break, that's going to be – I think a lot of things will be sorted out by the way players play. Jamie, we're going to let you go. you got a lot of work to do on that uh, the drink menu. Yeah, i got a lot of research and development down here. Yeah, Anthony. you do. Yep. It's a, yep. it's a work assignment. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a write-off. You don't even know what a write-off is. Jamie, we'll see you, buddy. Tommy doesn't know I'm expensing all of this. He does now. He's actually uh, oh, he's shaking his head. And he's oh, – yep. bring, bring your playbook when you get back, Jamie. Oh, for again. Okay, yep. all right. <laughs> Have fun, bud. All right, boys. Have a good one. All right, we'll see you. That's Jamie Rivers here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Just living the good life. Yeah, he is. Out in Mexico. It's a rainy, cold day here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I see him working. He misses us. There's Of course he does. You can just hear it in his voice. Look at he's yeah. begging to come on the show. Yeah, no kidding. So. Yeah. What's trending is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Brad Thompson, I am Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, the Cards have acquired left-handed pitcher Anthony Misovich. Let's go Misovich. Misovich. Yeah. I don't know if it's right, but let's just go with it. Misovich. Let's go with that. Uh, He uh, was with Kansas City in exchange for cast considerations and to make room on the 40-player roster. Unfortunately, James Nail has been designated for assignment and not a great day because today's James Nail's birthday. Well, I got to tell you, um, first of all, that sucks for James Nail. It was really cool to see him end up getting called up to the big leagues. Cardinal fan growing up. He had so much family came up from like the Cape Girardeau area. Like it was cool to see that. Uh, on your birthday, that hurts a little bit more to get released. But, Anthony, you and I were looking at the Cardinals' Twitter feed a little bit earlier today. And, boy, it's it's uh, the same people that are making the decisions in the organization are not the same people that are posting on Twitter, quite obviously, mm-hmm. because it was a happy 30th birthday to Cardinals pitcher James Nail from the Cardinals account. And then the tweet right above it, was talking about uh, James Nail is uh, is has been released and the Cardinals have brought in a new left-handed pitcher. That's tough. This, this life comes at you fast. Yeah. You so know? James Nail, yeah, happy 30th birthday to St. Louis Cardinals pitcher James Nail. That was seven hours ago, and then two hours ago, yeah, the we have acquired Anthony Misovich from Kansas City in exchange for cast considerations, and yeah, to make room, we we designated James Nail for assignment. Yeah. If you're the social media guy for the Cardinals, do you do you think about like what inf- what information do we have that we can just tweet out real quick, all right? And then we can go with the There's got to be something like in the middle. Something. 
Like happy Who National Flapjack Day. Is right. there also a yeah. day? Is there something? Yeah. There's always a day. You look at the calendar. Just there's something. Something in between those two posts. A buffer. That sucks. But the reality is the Cardinals acquired their top end pitcher. The race. You doing that right there? Yep. You going to do that? Are you serious? You going to yeah. go ahead and do that? On his 30th birthday. I mean... Here's the thing. That's that what is, the deals. That's what the deal's telling me. Well, here's what the deal's telling me, is that the Cardinals have been acquiring quietly. Not this one's quiet because it was his birthday and blew up as a story. But you bring in Mysevich, who broke in with the the uh, Mariners in 2020, a couple years with them, uh, was with the the Royals and the Mariners last year. Uh, has not thrown a ton, 103 innings total in his big league career. But you bring in another lefty. They also remember they brought in Andrew Suarez mm-hmm. already. Um, I, I've had this, I've posed this question before. From the left side of your bullpen right now, who are you most confident in? Like, who is the guy that you know is going to be there? Uh, there you go. Like, the, the two noises you just made, like, say a lot to me. Where is Henesis Cabrera? Hopefully he looks like the Henesis two years ago. The one, like, before he hit Harper in the face. Actually, even the one before, after he hit Harper in the face. He was yeah. still good. Last year, Not Velo was down. After, Spin was down. Then, didn't he nail? He did. He hit the next else? batter as well, mm-hmm. like, right in the, right in the butt. <laughs> and then it's... Everybody knew he should be out of that game, but it's like rules are rules. Three better minimum. Next guy's getting in there. He's got a full catcher protector on. When the uh, when the pitcher looks at the umpire and just says, "I can't," I'm sorry. You should be able to take him out of that game. Yeah, like that is my thought with that one. But that's kind of the question. I think that they're trying to stockpile some different lefties potentially and say, "Okay, well, what options are we going to have?" Mm-hmm. The answer should be. Hennessy's Cabrera, for sure, that's a lefty that I feel most confident in. I'm not sure that's my actual answer. I think that my actual answer is probably Zach Thompson is the left-hander that I feel the best about in that bullpen. We saw the uh, velocity play up out of the bullpen for him. We saw that big breaking ball that he's got. But I'm not sure that's like the what I want to lean on second-year pitcher as my go-to lefty either, as important as that is. Yeah, no, it's a good, good call. By the way, from the 618, February 8th, 2023, National Boy Scouts Day. Oh, boy. We have National Kite Flying Day and National Podcast Day. Oh, yeah. All, yeah. yeah. So. You know, you could have went right in right in a row there. Just a little bit of space between happy birthday, James yes. Dale, to we have released you, James Dale. Yeah, shout out to the scouts, you know. Yeah. Mm. Just uh, <laughs> overpriced popcorn, but they do a good job. Certainly. And also from the 314, could have made it one post. Happy birthday and good luck to James Nail. Ah, but, that, yeah, but they mm, didn't know. You know, that was yeah, the problem. Yeah, that was Had again, no seven hours ago. Got to wonder if it was a scheduled tweet. That's true, too. Good call. Mm-hmm. You can schedule those tweets. Schedule I, those tweets. I don't know how to do that. You can I schedule have no tweets. no idea. Yeah, apparently. Do you have to have like a business account to do that? Can anybody schedule the tweet? Sure, no? I'm sure anybody could do it. You, if you wanted to tweet something out for, let's say, Friday, it said, Hey, guys, it's Purge Friday. You put mm-hmm. it at 2 o'clock. You can schedule that right now. So I actually have tried to push this through management a couple of times, Anthony. Did it again while you were out of town. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Purge Friday. That's where I can say whatever I want on the text line. There's no blowback. All right. of us can do it. You know, it's back yeah. and forth. We'll have a little fun with it. Legally, you're covered. Right. That's what I said. Because everybody knows what we're getting into. Mm-hmm. Like uh, We're throwing out the information there. Realize whatever you get back on Purge Friday, you cannot use against me in a court of law. Right. And legal here said, yeah, they can so what do you mean? I told him it was Purge Friday. Yeah. And they're like, no, that, that has no legal standard. They were like, that's not a thing, Brad. Making it a thing. Though. Trying, though. Right. I think it would be fun. The all-underrated team.
MLB.com. It was MLB.com, right? That did the all-underrated team in baseball. Anthony, I can't tell you. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> did. I think it was. They usually do fun stuff like that. No Cardinals on the all-underrated team. We'll tell you how many Cardinals. <laughs> Should be on that list next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, BT filling in for Jamie Rivers over the next three days. Uh, BT? Yes. MLB.com did their all underrated team. All right, how many Cardinals made that team? Yeah, uh, 0.0. Look, I think the Cardinals team is very properly rated, I guess, when you look at it. I guess so. Yeah, catcher Eric Haas from the Tigers, a really good player. First base, Ryan Mountcastle from the Orioles. Second base, Tyro Estrada from the Giants. The shortstop. Yeah, he's he's solid. He got him solid. from the Yankees a couple years ago. Shortstop, Ahmad Rosario from the Guardians. You've got Ryan McMahon from the Rockies. He's the third baseman. Uh, you surprised Chris Bryan isn't the, isn't the Rockies' third baseman? Think they spent a bunch of money on him? They spent a lot of money on him. Good player, though, that McMahon. He is a very good player. Chris yeah. Bryant will never be heard of again, I think. I think he will. Nah. Pretty sure. He's Le- your left fielder. Left field is Mark Canna from the Mets. Again, this is the MLB.com all-underrated team. Center field, Tyrone Taylor of the Brewers. We're unfortunately very familiar with him. And then right fielder, Anthony Santander from the Orioles. I like him. I, you so do I. Remember, I had Santander as a trade target for the Cardinals this offseason. A big fan of his. So, by the way, uh, for the uh, requirements here to be eligible for this all-underrated team over at MLB.com, here are the stipulations, okay? No all-star appearances in the player's career. No BBWAA awards. So we're talking about MV. Oh, Baseball Writers uh, uh, America. (laughs) (laughs) Baseball Writers America. MVP Cy Young or Rookie of the Year in the player's career. No all MLB team honors in the player's career. No inclusion on MLB Network's current top 10 right now list. No nine-figure contracts and at least two years of MLB service time. With all of those things laid out there the way that they are, does Tommy Edmond fit the bill for this as a guy that should be on this all-underrated team? He he fit. Unless Gold Glove counts as one of the awards, but I don't think it does. I mean, they, they specifically mention MVP Cy Young or Rookie of the Year. Uh, I would say yes to your question. Is is he a better option than Ahmed Rosario? I think so. I would think so, too. When you look at just – if we're going to go analytically driven here, mm-hmm. Anthony, you're going to go look at terms of war – he was one of the more valuable players in the game of baseball, yet I don't think, I know for, for certain that Tommy Edmond is not a household name, but he's one when you watch him every day, you understand the value of him, and I, I guarantee we'll get plenty of texts uh, into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, some probably from the 618, that uh, say, he's not as good as Correa, or he's not as good as, okay, I get right, it, well, we've talked about I'll this. do that with anybody. This would be really good if the Cardinals would have acquired one of those really good players, and you still have a really good player in Tommy Edmonds, separate mm-hmm. conversation. But I don't believe that 
around baseball, I think baseball people know, but like fans don't really appreciate how good Tommy Edmond is and how much value he ends up. No, I think that's fair. If he fits on this list. And I think he would. I think he would qualify. So what other Cardinals? If they're doing this list a year from now. Who is your who's your guy right now like that you would pick on the all underrated team? If uh, let's just say we're doing this list a year from now. Why are we bumping this a year? Because you'll find out why next. Okay. Lars Newbar. The thing with Lars, though, is he's been in all these top 10 right fielder projections for the season. Was so, he in the top 10 right fielders? He's like number five or something like no. that. On I, some, I swear to you. Not on, on the all MLB. On right some list, fielders, he he's top 10 right fielder. He's At in MLB. the top 10. On some of these lists, you know, they have the list right. coming out. Look, we're talking about MLB top 10 right now list, okay? So I'm going to go look here, and I want him to be in there. I'm not... Uh, I'm not against me some Lars Taylor Tatsui Newt Bar. Top 10 right fielders right now. Number one, Aaron Judge. What a hack job he does. Mookie Betts, number two. Better bowler. That's just because he's perfect when he bowls. Bryce Harper, Kyle Tucker, Ronald Acuna Jr., Jorge Springer. That's George (laughs) for the uninitiated. Starling Marte, Teoscar Hernandez, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Hunter Renfro make the top ten here on this list. Boom. But Lars Newbar's name has been thrown out there a lot. I hope, Anthony, that you're wrong. Because he's not underrated. He's a stud. Yeah, because, like, and again, this is not a knock on Newt, who I've said many times. He's the outfielder that I feel most confident in heading into 2023. I know it's crazy. But with all of the the hype around him this offseason and what he did in the second half, it's it's almost as if and I like feel weird saying this because like he's a good player. It's almost as if he, if he's overrated right now. Where it's just like boom, Newt, Newt. Like we don't know yet. Can we call him the Newt? Yeah, well, anytime he walks this year, just look for the eye of the newt. Okay. I'm going to get that going. You're going to get that bit. going? Just a little brew. Threw it out a couple of times last year. Look at the eye of the newt right there. <laughs> That's going to be happening throughout like the it. season, just so you know. But I, 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 maybe not when he walks other times. I just want to refer to him as the newt. I don't like that. You don't like that? No. Boy, you are just shooting down ideas left and right, well, Brad. I mean, just why? Why is it the, the newt? The newt. Like, like, do you want the fans to yell, the newt? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's just Newt. Like, why would you put the the in front of it? Doesn't well, make sense. Uh, the, 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 let's not have the what fans about, do like, it. Why don't we just call it the Newt? What about the Newt? The Newt. The Newt is, is on, on fire. fire. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Marshy. You like it that one? Totally now you different. like it. Yeah, no, that's better. Yeah. That's actually <laughs> well, got legs. Marsh is that company that takes, uh, <laughs> takes my ideas and makes them better. Does anybody know the name of no, that company? of course not. Nobody they knows. They did a lot of advertising. Yeah, we they come up with any ideas. <laughs> we just steal yours and make it better. I, I've been watching a lot of Better Call Saul lately. There so, you go. You know, I'm, getting, I'm getting ideas. Yeah. So the the guy that I have, uh, with without breaking the rules and fast-forwarding a year, Anthony, the guy uh, that I have. Breaking the rules just made him. That's fine. It's your show. You do whatever the hell you, you want. You son of a... <laughs> uh, but the guy that I had as my all-underrated member of the Cardinals is really Giovanni Gallegos. Okay. Giovanni Gallegos has been the most pivotal part of your bullpen over the last, like, three years. You yeah. know, in uh, in 212 games since he's come over the Cardinals, he's got a 2.84 ERA, 228 in the third innings, only 146 hits during that time, and he's punched out 282 guys. Mm-hmm. Like, he has been a constant, you know what you're going to get. Like any reliever, there were some rough times for him. I think that he fell into a tendency a little bit early on in the season last year. He got away from his fastball. 
and just wasn't throwing it. We know that his best pitch is his invisible slider. That thing is so funky. It's it's a weird freaking pitch. It just drops off the table, but it's only effective if you've set it up. If you just keep showing that look over and over again, the opposition's going to lay off of it, and then when you lay one up in the zone, they're ready to hit it. Um, but I think that Giovanni Gallegos is highly underrated. The thing that we what is the thing that we talk about Giovanni Gallegos the most about? I would say his versatility. The guy can pitch in the eighth, he can pitch in the seventh, he could be a closer. I think the thing we talk about Giovanni Gallegos the most about is how freaking slow he works. Mm. Well, you do that because you tend to highlight the negative. I think that that's the main talking point. If I bring up Giovanni Gallegos to somebody, he's like, boy, he takes forever. Human rain delay. Am I right? You are right. And that is that is something that is going to change. Mm-hmm. Rules say it's going to have to change. But... Like, that's the thought. It's like, ah, slow worker. No, he has been a very reliable worker for the Cardinals. Another guy that I think that maybe we're sleeping on, Anthony, coming into this year is Juan Yepes. I hope we're sleeping on him. But is he? can he be a sleeper if he's sharing ABs with Nolan Gorman all year because it's the DH spot? He can take all of the ABs away from Gorman if he's end up swinging the bat like he can. So the the thing about Juan Yepes is Juan Yepes doesn't have like that, oh, we'll just pitch him or hit him against the lefty pitchers. He's better against right-handers. Like mm-hmm. His numbers are really good across the board. So the, the DH position is going to be one that will be shared. You're going to have a lot of guys that are in on it. And, Anthony, shameless plug, uh, got a – Got another podcast coming out, the Redbird Report. I listened to you last night. Did you? In fact, I heard you talk about Newt on on my drive home. Is that and, right? And I was like, this BT sounds fantastic. Were you waiting for another voice to come in, and then you just I, heard me for a half hour? I was, but then I'm like, my man's doing solo work. I Anthony, love it. I got to tell you, sat down for the first podcast, doing it on the solo. You loved it. It was No, it was like terrifying. To hear yourself and then watching the audio bars like up and yeah. down, I'm like, this is this is something. Were you staring? At, I have a tendency if I'm doing solo radio to like stare at one point in the room. I don't know why. It's like it's, I, I get myself locked in. No. Did you find yourself no, staring? No, I found myself. I feel like if I'm if I'm looking around, then I'm not. I don't know. I'm not concentrating my thoughts. No, I felt myself digging through copious notes and trying to not sound like I was digging through copious it notes. Sounded fantastic. Is the way that I was doing. But next one, did it last night. A couple glasses of wine, but did it. You know? boy. Uh, dug into the DH position, and Juan Yepes was one of the first guys that I came to. I believe he'll be in the corner outfield mix as well, but he's just got he, he's got a rare combination of a guy that has the ability to touch seats, which, Anthony, we, we all love that, mm-hmm. but he can also hit for average for you. He's got a really good idea of his strike zone, and I think that he is, as far as consistency goes at that position, like if you're just looking at him and Gorman, Gorman's got more upside, I would say. I know what I'm going to get out of Juan Yepes. Mm-hmm. So I hope that's a guy that, to your point, that we're sleeping on. Uh, you mentioned those two names. I just think about, you know, it'd be nice if Mo could make a, a halfway decent trade every once in a while. Just, you know, get, get, you just know that worked out okay. one or two one or two good trades every once in a while. Hey, way to keep him accountable, Anthony. Yeah. By the way. Those were two good trades. I found the uh, the list with, with Lars Newbar. Sitting at number seven, the text line said that was a fan vote. They're absolutely right. However, I did find one MLB nerds verified account, right. not the fake one. Say okay. it right. MLB nerds. Is that how you say? MLB nerds. Yes. Yes. MLB nerds. Uh, top ten right fielders. He's sitting at number seven. Okay. So, so there was a list. There was a list. There, there was, was a one. list. Yeah. I knew we I wasn't always, crazy. We can always find numbers 
Certainly. That will bend to our conversation. Yeah, 100%. Part of our job, right? There, we already might see one of the quarterback dominoes fall very soon, and one of the more important quarterback dominoes. We'll tell you what that is next. I want to ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. It's uh, probably why I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> wow. Wow, some de- self-deprecation there from Derek Carr. I, honestly, I kind of like it. It was well played by Derek Carr right Seems there. Seems like such a nice guy. Sometimes, you know, life gives you lemons, Anthony. Yeah. And then you just have to eat them. That's what they say. Whew. And that's what he did right there. I don't mind a lemon and a you know, tea, something like that, but... Just take raw. A, just take a bite. That's tough. We may already know where Derek Carr is heading. New Orleans has been given permission to talk to Derek Carr, and I think that this is honestly a great fit. I don't know how the I don't know how the Saints do it from a cap standpoint because they're they're like a, a billion dollars over the the cap. Uh, and when you think about that Saints team. BT. Yeah. It's not like they're paying the quarterback. They got Andy Dalton and they got Jameis Winston. Those guys aren't making like multi millions uh, like they did maybe when they were starters at, at, at one point. But you look at that roster, you know, they got Alvin Kamara and they've got a couple of really good young players, but they're, they're really not paying a ton of guys. It's amazing how far over the cap they are. Regardless of that, I'm sure they could figure it out. You know, restructured contracts. Carr would have to restructure his if he's going to go to the Saints. But otherwise, I think it's a perfect fit. BK and Ferrari I was listening to them driving in, and and they were they were kind of questioning it. Derek Carr, let's let's not forget he Dennis Allen is the head coach. Dennis Allen was in Oakland with the Raiders, and he was part of the the uh, process that wanted Derek Carr. He was part of the the team that wanted him. Now he only coached him for four games after after he got fired or before he got fired. But Allen's familiar with him. Derek Carr is familiar with him, and that division is an absolute dumpster yes, fire. Yes, it is. The defense is good. The O-line is okay. And they still have some solid skill position players. I, If you look at, like, all of the options that uh, of the teams that need quarterbacks, from, like, a winning standpoint, immediately, you could do, you could do a lot worse than the Saints next year. Anthony, there are few things in life that are more confusing than NFL salary caps to me. Because you Very talked true. about the the Saints being in cap hell. He is owed. Carr is owed a lot of money. He's still got $40.4 million worth of guaranteed cash on this deal. If he gets traded, the Saints or whoever would have to absorb that kind of money. It's $32.9 million next year and then the rest of it the following year. So I, I don't see exactly how that happens. But if he, they're going for a visit, and it's his first known visit uh, since, you know, until that February 15th, which is right around the corner. That's mm-hmm. The deadline. They have to make a decision on yeah, Carr or the Raiders uh, that would end up kicking in his salary. They'll end up releasing if they don't have a trade partner by them. But forget the the cap gymnastics aside. When you look at Derek Carr, what is Derek Carr to you? Derek Carr is, has 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 always kind of been that. Some say the eight to twelve quarterback, 
either the you know at the best the eighth best quarterback or the twelfth best quarterback. I actually think he falls more into that ten to fifteen category. I think he I think Derek Carr is the epitome of fine. I think that you when you when you watch Derek Carr play, if you surround him with with good talent, and this this could apply to any quarterback, but when it comes to Derek Carr, if you if you surround him with enough talent, and give him a de- decent defense like the Saints would have, given the given the circumstances, I think Derek Carr would be more than serviceable for you. He's he's light years better than Andy Dalton, light years better than Jameis Winston, and that's who the two quarterbacks that the Saints have. He would be, I mean, immediately installed as the best quarterback in the NFC South with Tom Brady retiring. Again, you could do a lot worse than Derek Carr, but when you get to the playoffs. And the game turns into a drop-back passing game. I mean, the opponent knows you have to throw the ball. That is when Derek Carr, unfortunately, his weaknesses come come out. He's somebody that will dive out of the pocket, somebody that's not going to not going to hang in there and step up and make sure that you know he he delivers that that key pass. He's had big games. He's had big moments, but consistently asking Derek Carr to win. In those sorts of environments, that is often his undoing. So I, I guess that's the question if you're a team. If you believe you've done your evaluations and you believe, all right, well, this is a guy, he can get us there. Like He, he can be a guy. I was just looking back at his numbers since he came into the league in 2014. So 2014 through 2022. He's got the fourth, uh, fourth most completion, the fourth most yards in the league, seventh most touchdowns. He can put up these big numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that worth it to bring in that guy that can take you to the postseason and then you hope that he's able to take that next step? Or if you're an organization like the Saints, I mean, they, they've got a decent nucleus. Can you try to wing it with somebody else? To me, it is the juice is worth the squeeze there for a guy that I believe that can get me there and give me a chance in the postseason. Well, I think, I think you kind of outlined what sort of team needs to do so. The, the Saints, in my opinion going into the year was a fringe wild card team even with their quarterback situation and then things kind of went sideways on them but in that division if Derek Carr who again I think I think is the epitome of fine Derek Carr in that division with that team I think would 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 be installed as the favorite now we we don't know what Carolina's going to do we don't know what Tampa's going to do maybe Tampa makes a deal for Jimmy G then you know I think the Buccaneers have a better roster Uh, maybe Atlanta makes a move for I don't know. Baker Mayfield. Oh, God, please don't. But if Derek Carr were to go to the Saints tomorrow, I think the Saints would be would be the immediate favorite. Uh, if you're the Jets, I know this is, a, this is a team that you threw out before the show, BT. What did they do? I mean, you're, you're a Jets team. You know you have a good defense. That defense got worse as the season wore on, but you know you, know you have a good defense. They were on the field all the time. Probably. You got a great, you got a great running game if Brees Hall can, can come back. All right. Can you surround Derek Carr with – a couple of they've got a good, a really good receiver, I, Garrett Wilson. If I'm the Jets, I'd much rather go at it with Derek Carr, even if you don't believe that he's for sure the answer, than I would with your two guys you have in oh, Mitchy Football. You got you were, you're gonna dog Smitty? Yeah, I think yes, yes. I, I think that better. I would much rather go at it with him. But like they're at a crossroads right now. I, I guarantee you, there there are so many people in that organization that are just. The prayers are up for uh, Aaron Rodgers to come out of his darkness room that he's uh, going to be spending four <laughs> days in, I believe. All dark, no noise. That would be terrifying, by the way. Would you be interested in doing something no, like absolutely that? absolutely not. Of just going into a room with simply your thoughts? 
I respect the, the guy from place. saying, I, I got to get away from the cell phone. We scroll too much. Like a lot of things he was saying on technology, I agree yeah. with. I don't understand the, the fact that I got to go hide in a cave for 14 days. That, that, that doesn't Is there any punch of karma going on? Or oh, is this I'm sure just there's a lot of punch. And he doesn't know what karma is being punched at what time. Sounds like you're in a dark hole. Like a villain origin story, you know? Yeah. Origin, you said? Yeah, origin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does sound like that. He's Bane. He's he's he was, Bane. He was, yeah, well, he, he sounds like Batman in dark, going in, into the, in the cave. But yeah, he right. was born in the dark. He was Batman. Yeah. You were merely adapted to it. I was born in the dark. You were merely molded by it. So we got Aaron Rodgers now, Batman. So, uh, but, so but but the there's Jets a lot of people that are like, like, oh, man, mm-hmm. he better fall here. Yeah. Um, it, it's This is one of those off-seasons where there are so many pieces that are up in the air, and I really thought, like many did, that Tom Brady was going to be one of those pieces, too, too, that would find himself a landing spot. And especially with the injury with Brock Purdy, it made so much sense that San Francisco could – it would finally come full circle. But there are going to be a lot of teams that are, are shaped by this. I was going to ask you quickly, when you're talking about he's not a guy that could just carry you in the postseason, talking about Derek Carr again, yeah. how many guys are there in the league like that? you got Burrow, Allen, Mahomes um, obviously mm-hmm. is in that conversation. Uh, Justin I would think, Herbert. Yeah, Herbert out in, in uh, L.A. almost said San Diego. But, like, those guys. Yeah, they're it's unicorns. Not, yes. You yeah. have to figure out. You can't. It, if that's the only way to win a Super Bowl is to have one of those guys, well, then we already narrowed it down before the season started. Right. No, and that, that's that's the that's the truth, though. You know, Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate this year, so maybe Jalen Hurts consistently uh, becomes that guy. He's not that guy right now, though, and he's he's surrounded by an outstanding team. But no, to BT, to your point, there's there's not many of those guys where you say, oh yeah, this is this is somebody that can mask the weaknesses of of our roster. There's there's very few of those guys. There's more of your Derek of your uh, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carrs where you say if we can build around him and make sure that he doesn't lose us games by having a better roster, we can make a run at this. That's that's the category that I think Derek Carr falls into. And the maddening part with those guys who kind of find themselves in the middle or the upper middle, yes, they cost so right. much money. They cost just like the Mahomes and the Burrow and the Allen, right. yet you're not getting the same payoff. This is how you're Matt Ryan and you don't have a Super Bowl. This is how you're Phillip Rivers. Well, I could have had one. That's why I went right to Philip Rivers as quickly as I could. You still snuck that one in there. BT, yeah. well done. This is how you're, you're Philip Rivers. You, you didn't go to a Super Bowl. You, there, that's the guy. He had a great career, but he's making a bunch of money, and the cap space is it can only go so far, and you you don't surround him with enough. The brilliant brilliance of Tom Brady. I don't have to be paid the top. I'll make a lot of money. I don't have to be the top paid guy. Get me a get me a, a, an offensive line. He's gonna instead. make more at Fox than he ever made in his career. Isn't that remarkable? Thirty seven million dollars a year. BT, we got to get that TV money. Oh, I got to get that Tom Brady money. Yeah. Got to be as good as Tom Brady at something. That's got you know. Look, That's take, tough. Take half that. Absolutely. Prove me wrong is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
mic drop the other day, uh, and we wanted to kind of turn it into a prove me wrong segment. So if you got to prove me wrong, you can always send it to the tax line 314-399-9646 or leave us a mic drop. Always love mic drops. In fact, got our biggest question of the day coming up at 530. So if you want to leave us a BT and I question and uh, a, little, a little bit outside of the box, you can. Doesn't have to be sports related even, but biggest question of the day. Don't forget about that. If you want to leave us a mic drop, maybe you'll have yours uh, chosen at 530. But here's Randy the other day leaving us a mic drop that we turned into a prove me wrong. There's nothing wrong with the fans expecting this team to produce a superstar at some point. In my lifetime, the Seattle Mariners have had three come through their system that I know of. We've had one, and that was kind of by luck. So it's it's not unrealistic to think that one of the most storied franchises in history could develop a superstar. And even if you don't, then stop telling us you have primey for my cold dead hands type of players when you don't they're just really good players at best sounds angry anthony i gotta be honest with you i hear it i hear it just in his voice like there's a little anger there mm-hmm. i don't know why i don't know how old he is so i don't prove know how him. far back we're going prove him wrong well I look at the should cardinals we, should we start with the mariners thing though why well, that's what i'm saying i don't know how old he is so i don't know who the three superstars that he's going with that they developed. How far back are we going? I don't know. Like, uh, is he going Ken Griffey Jr. back? Are we going that far? Maybe. I, I would think he better be if he's trying to find three superstars. I'm assuming he's adding Julio Rodriguez in the mix, who is a really, really good player. And hopefully for them, uh, that, uh, well, hopefully he's really good. The one thing that I, I find it interesting, like when you're making a comparison to an organization, you want to say, but like, oh, this organization could do it. The Mariners haven't won anything. Mm-hmm. The Mariners like broke a playoff drought, and then their fans waited so long. You know, in that playoff drought, they they waited so long to watch their their one home game where they scored zero runs in oh, like seventeen innings or something like that. Like it, it was bad. But you talk about a drought. They hadn't been to the postseason since two thousand and one, mm-hmm. and then finally make it again. Again, lose it in the ALDS three games to nothing. But. It's it's not like everybody is looking for that big star to come up. And he really is very correct about Albert being around when he was and, and getting him. And they had every other team had a lot of opportunities to get Albert Pujols. Cardinals ended up taking him. The rest is history. Um, Yadier Molina is a guy that I, I think would maybe not to the point of an Albert, but he's a freaking Hall of Famer. So I, I'd say that that is a decent one. But the Cardinals have done a really good job of just getting big league talent, maybe more of a a uh, lower floor, higher, or no, the, the, you know what the floor is, lower yeah. ceiling for some they, of these They go guys. for the high floor, guys. I, I think so. They think they, they they've gone for more of the sure thing. Now we're seeing them swing a little bit in the different direction here of just going for a higher ceiling here in recent years. But, but my thing is, you have to have superstars to win, right? But there are different ways to acquire those. You love to draft them and develop them. You hate to draft them and trade them away. We've seen that, too, with, with Sandy Alcantara. Kid's a star, and he's going to be a star for the foreseeable future uh, for the Marlins. But uh, if you don't have that in your organization, you're not going to win if you don't have a star. But the Cardinals were able to get their stars with the pieces that they were able to draft and develop. So I think every organization is good at different things. Some organizations draft pitching well. Some are good at uh, infielders, outfielders, like whatever your, your MO is. 
But if, if you can still use the pieces that you draft and develop to get what you need at the big league level, I think you're doing it right. That's not to say you don't expect some of these guys to turn into stars and want them to turn into stars. Yep. But at least you're not just shooting for the moon every year and have no backup plan. The the first point, I wanted to go back to your first point about the, the change in philosophy for the Cardinals because I think the biggest reason why we, we've seen such a gap between Albert Pujols, who was the last superstar the Cardinals drafted, and we have we haven't seen another another one to date. They had to change their philosophy. I think they they got too far into the high floor, low ceiling guys. Name one player that would be the epitome of Pete Cosma. That was the one. Yeah, I was hoping right there. you'd go with mm-hmm. Pete Cosma. Good player. Good, yeah, fine. Made, he was fine. Fine. Absolutely fine. He made the big leagues. Remember him showing up, though, when he got drafted. Like, where? yeah, where's the first round pick? Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cardinals don't move on in 2012 if Pete Cosma doesn't. Very, yes. Oh, very yeah. true. He, he had his moments. He got booed big time. Yeah. Every time you go to Washington after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pete Blank and Cosma is what they call him. And if him. he doesn't drop that ball and there's an infield fly rule, who knows what happens? The man did work. De- the man did work here in St. Louis. He did. Also not a superstar. But they 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 knew they had it to... They knew they had to transition to a different philosophy and go more for the high ceiling, low floor guys. Now, you may ask yourself, well, why why haven't they done that the entire time? Because those are the bigger risk. And we got a text from the six six one eight a little bit earlier about, well, if these prospects don't pan out, then what? Yeah, what if the prospects fail? As we were getting into the top, well, then you're in a lot of effing trouble. You're 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 in a lot of trouble. Then you have just like any any team. You have large gaps where you're scrambling to find players on the open market or in drafts. You want to avoid the next Marcelo Zuna trade? Then don't need Marcelo Zuna. Don't need it. The Cardinals absolutely had to have somebody to put in that that order with Paul Goldschmidt. I didn't I didn't say anything about the, the trade at the time because we all knew they needed to do so. Yep. If you want to avoid those deals, you better draft well. Well, and that's where right now you're looking at, and we'll just use Jordan Walker as the example, is he's the number one prospect in the organization, top 10 pretty much everywhere you look, whatever you're, whoever you trust, whether it's Keith Law or ESPN or Baseball America. I mean, he, he's up there for you. I trust um, Brad Thompson. Okay, great. Well, I, then I think that the comp is is Aaron Judge. Oh, boy. He's probably going to be where you're looking at. But, no, here's the thing with that is – Goldie just won a freaking MVP, okay? I don't see him falling off the cliff anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Nolan Arnauto, we know what he is. But in two, three years, you're going to need somebody to fill in the blank, if you will, Anthony. Nice. And I, I believe that he is the type of guy that can do that. But it, it's going to end up being more of a necessity or you're going to have to go and make another uncomfortable deal. Now, fortunately, the Goldie deal has not turned out to be uncomfortable at all. Mm-mm. The Nolan Arenado was so cozy they gave you cash back. Like, the, those two deals, I don't believe we'll ever look back. I know we will never look back at either one of those deals and say, those ones bit the Cardinals. No. It's not going to happen. The easy one is the Ozuna because Ozuna had a couple of, of fine years with you. He was good. The he was one of the main was really reasons. Good. Yeah, one of the main reasons you had the success that you did in 2019 was because Marcel Ozuna uh, did what he did. But Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallon, like let's not forget him. Those that would let's let's be totally honest. That would be your one two. That would be your one two in your rotation that you're desperately missing uh, in, in that deal. 
but you're not going to win every single deal that you end up having out there. Before we move on, we do have Ed responding with a mic drop oh, to our other mic drop. Here's Ed. All right. So I'm sitting here listening to this guy complain about stars coming through. Uh, yeah, the Mariners produced three. Do you think they knew at the time that they were going to be these Hall of Famers at the time? These crazy all-stars? No. It's luck of the draw, dude, or every single team would have this. Like, you'd have multi-millionaires running these teams because they would know how to do this. Stick to being a fan. Worry about the other stuff. Like, in your life? Like, stick to being a fan. Worry about your other stuff in your life? You know, it's okay to be passionate. Yeah. It's okay to want, like, that that guy. Uh, there, There is a lot of truth to the randomness of it. I will say some organizations are obviously better at it than others of, of the being able to draft and certainly being able to develop. The organization that I continue to look at in that light is the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a loaded major league major league team. They've traded off tons of prospects over the last few years to bring in pieces. They're spending tons of money, and yet their farm system is number one. Yeah, I mean, how are you doing it? Right, you're you're. you're Further you know what you're on, doing. You're further down the road than a lot of these teams are. So how do you get to where they're going? The answer oftentimes comes back to money. Where are you pouring your money? I think there's three teams that do it right now more consistently than anybody. The Dodgers, you mentioned. The Rays. The Rays. And the Guardians. The Guardians are a good one. I was going to say the Astros. Yeah, no, they've been very good. Now, I know they had some picks up the top. That helps. Yeah. But they have continued to draft well. And they've made deals like the one for Jordan Alvarez where they – flip the reliever Mm -hmm. to the Dodgers for Jordan Alvarez. Dodgers didn't know what they had. I think those are the teams that consistently kind of pick pick the pocket, but the Guardians are very good, too. All right, we need a gauntlet contestant, so if you want to participate, Brad, we handed out another gauntlet trophy two days ago. Why? Why would you do that? We stink. I think that... I changed my answer. Marsh changed... Yeah, he changed his first answer. Trust your gut, man. It was a college... Baseball question. Yeah. He changed. He did my not answer. trust himself. The answer was obviously Vanderbilt, and you screwed up. Brad was listening. Was the answer Vanderbilt? No, it yeah, wasn't. It wasn't. It was Gabe <laughs> Vanderbilt. Yeah. And I said, I said, Ole Miss. And I go, No, Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Oh, the last champ? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what cost him. I know. It's, Ole Miss is the new Vandy. Yeah, they are. By the way, listener on listener crime there. I like the passion on I like the passion on both sides, quite yeah. frankly. Keep believing us those mic drops. We love it. How can you endear yourself to everyone, if, especially if you're a coach or in your leader, leadership position, after an absolutely embarrassing moment? Well, we're we're about to see it up close and personal. We'll explain what we're talking about next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. did an in-depth piece on Nick Sirianni BT that I thought was was really was really compelling for uh, a variety of reasons and the biggest one was and I thought they did a great job of this 
I don't know if anybody remembers Nick Sirianni's opening press conference. I don't remember it. I remember Adam Gase. Yeah, that first one was press good. conference when he had the crazy eyes. Sure. Do you remember Jim Tom, Tom Sula? That one to me <laughs> will always the be the worst. That was the worst. Like he, like he had no idea he was going to be speaking to the media about becoming the 49ers yeah, head that coach. That was a tough one. I remember uh, DeMarco Farr was still on the show, and D former, knew yeah, Jim Tom Sula well. Coach. Yeah, so uh, he's like, yeah, that's this isn't his best thing. Like sure. the public speaking is not his best thing, but he's a very good coach. Yeah. But they're like with that job comes that big responsibility. Once you put it out there, mm-hmm. that's who you are. Yeah, you can't be ducking the media. Didn't so, he fart during that one too? Didn't he let one rip? Some, there was some audio that sounded uh, whether he shifted in his chair differently or he just let one rip. Somebody talking yeah. crap behind his back. That's true. Um, <laughs> with Sirianni though, he got to the podium. He, he 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 messed up two two names right out of the ba- right right out of the gates there, including Jeff Luria, who is the uh, owner of the Eagles. What do you call him? That's a tough one. Uh, I can't I can't remember what what he said. Was it close? I think he was close on Laurie, but the other name he absolutely hacked up. It's I think he was good. the team president. So he's, you know, he's stammering through through it, and he, you could tell he's got he's got his the things that he wanted to hit on with uh, the the Eagles and building a different culture and all that. But I thought the athletic did a great job of going in depth. What happened next? So he screws up the opening press conference. He becomes a meme. Everybody, the, the Eagles, uh, I don't know if you've, you're aware of the media out there, Brad. They're a little tough, I think, to, to work with. Anthony, they're they're certainly passionate. passionate. The, just nationally and locally panned that hire was. And what Sirianni apparently did was he got with his team, and the first thing he did was he showed that press conference. And then after he was done, he said, that, that pisses me off. That ticks me off. That did not go well. The media got under my skin. But the main thing here is I'm making I'm going to make mistakes too. This is my mistake. And from that point forward, a lot of the players said that he endeared them. That he endeared himself to them in that moment. They knew that yes, it's okay to make mistakes. But if the head coach is going to call himself out, they understand it. It's it's going to be because we're going to be better. And I thought a lot about coaches that have come on these airwaves or managers that have come on these airwaves and said how challenging, not difficult, but challenging it is to talk to the the modern athlete because they want to know why. Yeah. They they don't necessarily fall in line with the just do it because I said so. The, the technology is way different now than what it used to be, how challenging it is to connect. And Sirianni did this in a matter of, two years yeah it it really is impressive and there's a huge age gap as we know in this super bowl between andy reed and nick sirianni 23 years and andy didn't hang on to sirianni as his wide receivers coach Mm. so i kind of like that too welcome using it as a chip but i i like that idea and dallas goddard talked about he said he showed it to us again i'm assuming that he's talking about that video (laughs) (laughs) which video the press conference i think either way it's like we're pretty open around here uh, but uh I, I like what he talked about it and nick sirianni he's got his his it's not the uh, four pillars mm. but he's got his five core values right. and one of them is accountability and that's a big thing like everybody's got a mission statement you probably have one at your work and you walk by it every single day you have no freaking clue what it says yeah. what it means you don't, I don't know what that means you're punching the clock right clock and mm-hmm. you're going to work or every karma day if you're Roger. yes you're punching whatever you want but like 
you're not really bought into the whole team part of it. I truly believe to be in to play a professional sport and to win at the highest level, you better buy into whatever the culture is, whatever the values are. And his are the top five are the accountability is one of them. Connect. You got to be able to connect. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what he's doing there is connecting as well. Real quick, the article talked yes. about after the Eagles lost to the Buccaneers in the playoffs last year, they came back in and one of the players, and this we're not talking about Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson, you know, uh, Devontae Smith. We're talking about a uh, almost like a practice squad or depth player. His car wouldn't stop or wouldn't start in the in the snow when they got back to Philly. And Sirianni waited five hours with that player until they, they, they were able to get that car started. That'll help you connect. I don't know what, why they couldn't we do it. In, five hours. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I don't know why they couldn't did do Nick, it. In, did he uh, it was a YouTube or video? It's like, oh, obviously <laughs> it's the it. alternator. I can do that. Right. But either way, like that's, you're you right. appreciate that, that. You're connected. You appreciate yep. stuff like that. Uh, connect, compete. I think that we need that. Fundamentals and football IQ. Like if you're beating people over the head with the same things over and over again, you know what is going to be expected of you when you walk into the building. You've got a better chance of having success. So I don't care if you are a 39-year-old mm-hmm. uh, Nick Sirianni or you're a 60-something-year-old Andy Reid. Like people know, people who you're working for, they have to know what you want from them. Absolutely. Like you said, if you're going to do it over and over and over again, you bet you better have that. You better follow, follow through, right. or else it's hollow when you're going to be out of a, a job. And you better show it to your players. With the accountability. Oh, yeah. Yep. That makes more sense than what I was saying. The gauntlet is next on 101 ESPN. I want to see it. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can you survive the gauntlet? It is time for the gauntlet in the fast lane on 101 ESPN with Anthony Stalter, Andrew Marsh, BT, all here with you. And uh, before we bring in our contestant, I I would like to uh, hear exactly how it happened. Marshy, you gave away a trophy yesterday, huh? We did. Actually, two days ago. Two days ago. We did. But then I bounced back yesterday. You know what? That's what matters. That's what matters. That was an impressive victory. Yeah. He, He plays better mad. I like it. So how do we how do we do this? How can you get yourself mad? How can you act like you got punched in the face before you actually get punched in the face? I think that's the key to unlocking you. Well, our listener was 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 kind of talking some smack. Yeah, he was. He was talking smack. It was all in fun, though. All right. It was a good time. Well, let's bring in today's listener, Anthony. Who do we got today? We got Frank today. Fred. 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 I picked one. I went with (laughs) an F. I went with an F word. We got Fred. (laughs) Hey What's up, Fred? Not much. How's it going? Well, not good. We haven't been good in Gauntlet 2.0, so maybe maybe we'll have some success today. Uh, if you're not aware, for Gauntlet 2.0, you choose the challenger. You choose the person you want to you face. Choose your own adventure. Exactly. The wheel chooses the category, though. So, Fred, I'm gonna. I know at one point I'm gonna call you Frank. I, can we call you Frank? <laughs> you know, whatever makes you happy, BT. All right. That's really you. nice, Thank here, Fred. You, Fred. Fred, who would you like to take on today, Marsh, BT, or myself? I'll take on uh, BT. All right. All right, Frank. You asked for this. <laughs> I'm going to go sit in that cone of silence. I'll All see right. you in a minute. So BT's going to make his way into the cone of silence. I Is, did, I've done this twice, by the way, while have, you were gone. Both hockey. Hockey both times. I've done hockey one like winner, three one times. Loss. Well, that's good. You got, yeah. a, you got a dub. BT is one and one in hockey. Anthony, you are one and two. 
What a loser. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's BT. He's going to make his way into the cone of silence. Uh, Fred, is there a category you want the win, uh, you want the wheel to spin for you today? Uh, anything but hockey. Anything preferably. but hockey. All right. Well, I think BT would say the same thing. I would think so, too. All right, Fred, one, two, three, spin that wheel. You could, you could yeah. say that, Fred. One, two, three, spin. All right, here we go. Says anything but hockey today. Of course, we got hockey, baseball, random, football, and it looks like Marsh. Oh, we're getting close. Who's close to football? And it's random. It's random trivia. How do you feel about that, Fred? I have a bunch of random knowledge in my brain, so right. I'm pretty good. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see what the randomness brings today. Marsha given us our secret codes here. I refer to them as launch codes. We don't get them before we're ready to go. All right. So, as you know, other listeners might not, every question is worth two points. Unless you need the options, then the questions are worth one point. Sound good, Fred? Sounds like a plan. All right, here we go. Question number one, random. Both hair and nails are made of what protein in the human body? Let me get the options, please. All right, uh, is it keratin, elastin, or biotin? Oh, thank goodness I didn't have to answer <laughs> I probably, that question. <laughs> I probably said them wrong. Uh, the first one. Keratin? Yep. All right, final cool. answer? Yes, sir. All right, question number two. Which NBA team set the record for most points scored in a single game? Hmm. Let me get the options. Your options are the Detroit Pistons, the Denver Nuggets, or the Dallas Mavericks. Let me go with the Nuggets. Final answer? Yes, sir. Question number three, Fred. What is the number one best-selling car brand in the world? Number one best-selling car brand in the world. I feel like I should just guess. So let me go with Toyota. Final answer? Yes. All right, final question for you, Fred. In what year did Netflix begin their streaming service? May I have the options? You may. The options are 2007, 2010, or 2013? 2007. Final answer? Oh, yeah. All right. Why don't we bring in BT? If you can motion him in, Marsh. How are you feeling, Fred? Uh, not great. Okay. Got random today. Has BT done random yet? He has not. He's only done two, and both were hockey. Okay. BT's making his way in from the cone of silence right now. The listener is currently 3-2 and two on Gauntlet 2.0 in the random category. Oh, in the random category, oh. which is what oh. we're doing right now. Oh, that was a terrible tease Yeah, then. I was, I was Boy, all set. that sucked. I even had it up. I was even going to say... Oh, uh, I completely... Yeah. 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 Oh, well. I was even going to say, uh, question one, BT, Vladimir yes. Tirasenko, what round was he selected in? And then I was going to say, Second. nice Is job. Uh, but we're not doing hockey today. We're doing random. But 
I blew it. <laughs> Happens. It's... We wasted the good surprise on you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, BT. Pack a lunch, kid. Okay. Random. Question one. Both hair and nails are made of what protein in the body? In the human body. Hair and nails. Which protein? This sounds... Sounds like it should be very easy. Hair and nails. Which protein? What do you take to grow your hair and nails? I know as soon as I hear it, it's not collagen, is it? Is it collagen? Boy, give me the options. Keratin, elastin, biotin. Oh. Keratin, elastin, or biotin? Mm-hmm. Boy. Were you thinking whey? No. Whey protein? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll go with, uh, elastin. No, I'm going to go with keratin. Keratin, final answer. Doesn't seem right, but we're going to go with it. Question number two, BT. Which NBA team set the record for most points scored in a single game? Most points in a single game. I'm just going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the Warriors. Just say they made it rain. I'm going to go with them. Final answer. All right, question number three. What is the number one best-selling car brand in the world? Number one best-selling car brand in the world. In the world. See, the world is the kicker here. All right? You're like, I'm a Ford man or Chevy. Right. Probably not the case. I'm going to have to get the options here because it's going to be like one of Mercedes or something. Give me the options. Chevrolet, Volkswagen, or Toyota? Oh. Volkswagen. <laughs> the same thing. Volkswagen. Happy yep. <laughs> I'm gonna Happy go. Happy look out, huh? <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Toyota. Toyota. Final answer. All right. Last question, BT. In what year did Netflix begin their streaming service? Um. Thinking right around 2000, 2010, 2009. Give me the options. Your options are 2007, 2010, or 2013. Let me go 2010. Final answer? Yeah. All right, let's go over these. Fred versus BT in random trivia. By the way, I like how... You often get frustrated, like you're going through some of the options. You go, give me the options. Like whenever you get to the point where you're, you just, you get a little frustrated. You're, give me the options. Did it sound frustrated? I, I mean, I use the word frustrated, but it's uh, maybe that's too harsh. It's just, it's just oh, something you do. I'll, I'll be honest, I was frustrated. Okay. Fair I enough. like when BT does the. Oh yeah, I remember that one. I'm gonna need the options though. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was the, that was options. All right, here we go. Both hair and nails are made of what protein in the human body? BT, you went with keratin. Fred, you went with keratin. Correct answer is... It's keratin. Nice job, guys. Both of you used the option. So of course one, we did. One, one tie between BT and Fred today. In what year did Netflix begin their streaming service? Fred, you went 2007. BT, you went 2010. Correct answer is? It's 2007. Oh, 2007. Frank. And Fred <laughs> did use the options on that one. 
So he's got a 2-1 lead over BT. What is the number one best-selling car brand in the world? Fred, you went with Toyota. BT, you also went with Toyota. Correct answer is... It's Toyota. It is Toyota. And Fred did not need the options. Come on, Fred! Nice work. So Fred now with four points. Four to two? Beats you with two. That's not good for me. Which NBA team set the record for most points scored in a single game with 183? You didn't even tell me how many points it was before. In fairness, Marsh, I don't think, also told Fred that. I didn't. I left it off. Here's the thing. BT did not use the options. He went with the Golden Warrior, Golden State Warriors. Fred went with the Denver Nuggets. If it's the Golden State Warriors, we've got a 4-4 tie. We head to the tiebreaker. Doesn't sound right. If it's the Denver Nuggets or any other option, then Fred wins today. Fred. You have chosen wisely. Correct answer is... It's the Detroit Pistons, 1983. Anthony's favorite team growing up. It's the Pistons. Pistons. Fred, nice work. Fred wins 4-2 to today over BT in random trivia, and he'll be back tomorrow to take on Marsh or myself. Fred, nice job, man. Congrats. Thanks. Take that L with you, BT. Oh, Frank, you had me from Jump Street. Oh, man. It hurt. That's tough. It hurt. Well, nice I've, job, though. I've had a lot of L's in my life. And this one's this one sticks stick with me today. I got a feeling. At least to a, like four sixteen yeah. or so. Here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna lose me for the rest of the show. All right. We're gonna call this the fight. And now I'm angry. <laughs> You're gonna be diving in, making sure that all the questions are right. Just trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our our guy Randy. I love God Randy. love you, Randy. He's so good at it. Uh, Fred, he's so mad. He, <laughs> he's passionate. He is. He's he passionate, is passionate about it. He cares about and it. He's smart. He's very smart. Way smarter than us. Uh, Fred, we'll call you again tomorrow. Thank you. See you. All right, this is tough, man. It's tough. I love it. I really like the new Gauntlet 2.0. Do you? You like losing, do you? Because this is awful. I don't enjoy losing, but I enjoy the – I like being in on the surprise, too. Now, it was ruined when I walked in, (laughs) but usually (laughs) – Sorry. The thought of it. I think that changed everything, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, you weren't weren't excited to do the trivia then. The one time I try and drop some stats – I'd blow it. Yeah. I'd blow it. It's, it's like me on a broadcast. Got to figure out when to use the analytics. Yeah. This was not the time. Nope. <laughs> like, no. Albert, Albert's coming up. <laughs> he's sitting on 699. You know, he's got a 50% hard hit rate in the month of August. And there's 700. <laughs> there it is. Damn it. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford's going to join us next. We'll talk to him about maybe a potential uh, landing spot for Vladimir Tarasenko. That's next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Time to talk to our Blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford, with The Athletic, who joins us via the Brown and Crewman Celebrity Line. JR, how are you? Oh, doing great, doing great. It sounded really cool, guys, when you called the Riv down in Cancun. I was wondering if you could make me feel just as special here uh, 
We're, we're going to go out to Imperial and talk to Jeremy. <laughs> How many have you had to drink, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> So how, yeah, so how what, many have how you, many had have to you drink? drink? Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately zero. Yeah, right, fair enough. Unfortunately zero. Hey, it's so still not early. Good of a time as yeah. It's still early. We'll get there. Jr., you, I, I read through the article that the recent article you did with the uh, writer from the the Rangers, and I thought it was a, a really in depth look at whether or not Vladimir Tarasenko would be a trade match with the Rangers, and. My, and I don't want to spoil it for everybody. I hope they go and, and check it out. But um, when I got to the part where the Rangers could be looking at a top-line right right winger, why why wouldn't this deal get done? Like, what's the what would be the biggest thing preventing that? Yeah, and what's really interesting is if you go back just a couple of years, didn't they have a top-line right winger named Pavel Buchnevich who they traded to the Blues for Sammy Blay? Obviously, they had a lot of guys a couple years ago to sign and, and have signed some of those guys, the Benajad, so on and so forth. Uh, but now they find themselves, again, with a hole on that right side. And so Tarasenko does make a lot of sense. Look, a lot of times you're throwing stuff at the wall when you try to pair uh, teams together with a trade fit. But this is one that I feel could have some legs, and I believe there's probably some interest on the, Blue, on the uh, Rangers' part. Uh, but are they going to be able to meet the Blues' ask, I think, as we head into the final three weeks of uh, before the draft, or excuse me, before the, uh, free, the uh, trade deadline? Um, so if you look at the Rangers' situation, uh, they've got a first-round draft pick. In fact, they've got two because they have Dallas's first-round draft pick as well, and you think that's what uh, Doug Armstrong is going to be asking for, including some of the prospects. We broke down some of the prospects that the Rangers have that the Blues could be interested in. Um, so to me, it just comes down to what do the Rangers want? Are they willing to pay the price, Anthony, for a Timu Meyer in San Jose, or uh, do they are they more uh, infatuated with a guy like Tarasenko? Jr. Like, is there a benefit for Army to wait it out with Tarasenko and get close to the deadline, or is that really just playing with fire at this point? Yeah, it'll be playing with fire a little bit. Look, they've gone a couple of years, BT, trying to find a trade fit for Tarasenko. And I'm sure, even though uh, he was probably lowballed a bit by teams around the league, you know, Doug Armstrong has thought about a few different deals and never pulled the trigger because he felt like Tarasenko on this roster helped more than the players coming back in return. But now this situation is different. Now it's the, it's the trade deadline. He's got one year, you know, just a couple months left on this contract. Uh, so if teams can fit that prorated salary cap, that, that uh, salary that he has, the $7.5 million, which maybe they weren't willing to do the past couple of years, you know, now's the time. And so I think as we get closer to this deadline, uh, that could be the case. Now, the one thing is with that $7.5 million salary, the closer it gets to the deadline, the more it gives teams to accrue salary cap space, and then they can fit Tarasenko in the deal. So I think that's why some teams might be willing to wait a little bit. But I think if you're Doug Armstrong and you do get a few nibbles, it might be in his best interest just to wait a little bit, maybe not all the way up until the deadline, uh, but shortly before it. JR, could you see a scenario with, with Vladdy with his no trade where he just says, you know what, no, I'm just not going. Like, wherever it is, just, no, I'm good, thank you. Like, could, could that happen? I, I, I see that line of thinking. I think there's maybe, let's just say, a 5% chance of that. Uh, he does hold the cards there. He could tell Doug, no, I don't want to go there. No, I don't want to go there. And then maybe there's just a limited number of teams who are calling Doug and uh, and giving him that opportunity. 
Uh, but the way I see it with Tarasenko is, A, he's seen the writing on the wall for a long time. In fact, he's the guy who put in the trade request a, a couple years ago. Uh, and I think at times there might have been some possibilities where he had to consider it. Uh, but I think now he gets to a point in his career where if he can have a good playoff BT, perhaps he goes to the Rangers here at the deadline, has a great playoff, and drives up that price for the market next year. That's the one thing with the, the Rangers is they only have $15 million in cap space next summer, and they do have a lot of guys to resign. They might not be able to do a long-term deal with him. So if he goes to a team like that and you have success, he could write a bigger ticket for himself this summer. Jeremy Rutherford is joining us right now. He's our Blues Insider with The Athletic. I, I thought it was interesting, too, JR, when you get to the end of that Vladimir Tarasenko article that uh, you, you guys did for The Athletic, it was the mention of Ivan Barbashev, and there seemed to be a lot of interest, potentially, at least from the Rangers' media standpoint, in Barbashev. Is, is there any way, I guess it's a two-parter, could you see Barbashev being a bigger target than Tarasenko, and is there any way that, the, that, that you could package up Tarasenko and Barbashev in the same deal? Yeah, I think Barbashev uh, could be, uh, you know, more uh, attracted around the league because I think that uh, there's probably going to be a limited number of suitors in Tarasenko, and I think a guy like Barbashev with a more manageable salary cap hit, uh, and then also teams looking for a guy who can he can play on your third line, maybe he can bump up to your second line, he can play on your fourth line, as we saw in 2019. I think there's probably going to be more teams asking about him. I don't know that he's going to fetch the first-round draft pick or the top prospect like O'Reilly or Tarasenko might. Maybe he gets you a second-round pick. You know, Depending on the demand, perhaps it could be more than I'm expecting. Uh, but I do think there will be a lot of interest in Barbashev, or I, I should say that there has been. And in terms of those two guys being packaged together, I can tell you this, they would like it. The past few years, You know, anytime I've been on the road and, and you're around the team hotel, those two, along with Pavel Buchnevich, Alexei Torpchenko, kind of that Russian group of players, have been uh, tagging along together for years. So I think that um, it's possible. You know, the Rangers would obviously have some interest in Barbashev, too, and maybe some sort of package deal would uh, get you a first-round pick or more with uh, both of those guys on the way out. Hey, JR, this isn't a question of like what you believe might happen here at the trade deadline or even this offseason, but if if there were a contract that you believe if Doug Armstrong could unload it, he would, what contract do you think that would be? Yeah, that's a great one. You know, we talked about that several months ago. I was uh, in studio with BK and, and Ferrario, and at the time, at the time, now I realize that uh, this isn't the biggest of those contracts, but I said Marco Scandella because I think that that's a contract that went on for four years and still has another year left. And, you know, perhaps you'd have had money for Prawn if you didn't have Scandella on there. So I felt like that was one. Uh, but I think now you have to take a step back and realize that some of these other contracts that we've been talking about for months, whether it be Pareko or whether it be Krug, you know, some people throw Bennington in that group, Braden Shen. You know, I don't personally put, you know, those last couple guys in there. Uh, but I, I got to think, even though – Doug Armstrong probably wouldn't come out and say it uh, publicly. Uh, I, I got to think that if you had chance to rethink, you know, Pareko, Krug, or get a mulligan on it, uh, you might do that. And you know, I realize there's still some upside with a guy like Krug who runs a power play, so on and so forth. I just feel like with their cap situation, where they're at, with all the term they have on all those contracts, 
it'd be nice to be able to get it, get out of at least one of them. And so uh, definitely one of those contracts back on defense. Jared, before we let you go, the other article that said that came out this week from you, I thought it was great. You had the blues trade tiers, who stays and who goes at the deadline. Is there a name that is on the list that uh, blues fans may be surprised to hear that probably won't be traded or uh, might be surprised to know that will likely be dealt? Yeah, no, I think most of the guys that I mentioned that probably or could be dealt, uh, that was uh, probably information that everybody's picked up on the past couple months and no surprises there. You know, this uh, name isn't going to surprise you, but Jordan Bennington, you know, a little bit of backlash with uh, with me putting him in a category that says I can't see him being moved. I think there's a lot of people who say at least put him in the worth exploring this offseason and you know, a couple things, you know, put a better defense in front of him. And, and I think we'd see some better numbers from Jordan Bennington. That's not to take the heat off him. It's not. And people don't believe me when I say that. Listen, there have been some tough goals, but I think by and large, we've seen that this team has been very poor uh, defensively. And then lastly, what I'll say is it's always the same thing. If not Jordan Bennington, then who? Like, which goalie are you going to pluck out of thin air, you know, out of the draft, free agency, trade? Where's this goalie coming from? that's going to replace Jordan Bennington. So that's why I put a guy like him in that uh, can't-see-it-happening category. Great stuff, JR. Appreciate you. And make sure you check out J.P. Rutherford on Twitter for all of the latest content that uh, Jeremy Rutherford is going to produce via The Athletic. JR, thanks, bud. We'll talk to you again next week. Yep, thanks, boys. Uh, great, seriously, great stuff by Jr. I thought both pieces were well done. Not not surprisingly, but when he when he kind of break broke down the Vladimir Tarasenko trade, whether or not it's matchup with the the Rangers again, I think it makes too too much sense not well, to happen. I, I agree with you, and I think that that is the biggest key. Like it's it's easy to throw out teams where Tarasenko might be a fit. The hard part is actually finding a fit that he would go to as well. Right, like we can all just throw darts you know uh but i think jr and and his uh his partner over there at the athletic uh, arthur staple who covers things for the rangers they pieced it together pretty well yep i just uh, like and i love i asked the question too about vladimir tarasenko and would he just said you know mm-mm, uh, not go like roger dorn at first base yeah mm-mm, mm-mm. nope uh because like almost like a spite you move but he is absolutely right in the idea of you want to write yourself a bigger ticket, you want to get a bigger contract in free agency, go get traded, go show up on the biggest stage, which is the Stanley Cup playoffs, and maybe it's with the team you get traded to, maybe it's not. But either way, you've got a fantastic opportunity to have your stock as high as it can be. No doubt. This guy used to pitch you inside, right, Dorn? Grab a bat and lean into one. <laughs> Quality movie all the way around. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We got our Sports Six back coming up at 445. So if you want to ask us a question, it's 314 399 9646. That's our Air Comfort Service text line. Again, Sports Six back coming up in about 15 minutes or so. The There, there was a, a very interesting breakdown that uh, was done on the success of Major League Baseball teams over the last decade plus. I, don't, I wasn't surprised to see where the Cardinals were, were ranked on this, but maybe you will be. Again, this is another piece that The Athletic done recently. Where do the Cardinals rank success-wise in certain categories over the last two-plus two decades or so? First in my heart. First in BT's heart. I'll give you a hint. It's not, they're not first in The Athletic's heart. Well, I got my heart on right here. Yeah. You always wear it on your chest. Right here. That's right. Yep. Or your sleeve is what I meant to say. I was pointing to my chest. Yes, you were. Followed that 
Yep. All right. Cardinal success based on the athletic NBT. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The Athletic took a look at team success in Major League Baseball in the postseason since the beginning of the wild card era. If you need a uh, remember or reminder of what that was. I need to remember, Anthony. <laughs> you remind, here's your reminder. Here's your remember. Do it's, you remind us? It's 1995. <laughs> when it really was. 1995. All right, here's the grading system that the Athletic used to look at team success in the postseason era, since the wild card era. All right, is there going to be math here involved? Yes, of course right, there I'm is. I'm going to write this stuff down. I'm out. Winning the World Series gets you nine points nine. in the athletics grading system. Losing in the World Series still gets you six points. I'd hey, say you, winning the pennant, but you got there. they're so negative. Yeah, Losing in the championship series gets you three points. Losing in the divisional series gets you two points, and losing in the wild card round gets you a point because you okay, made the postseason. All right, Cardinals racked up a couple of points the last few years. They, they certainly <laughs> have. They also break it down into tiers. You got the lightweights: Pirates, Orioles, Royals, oh. Reds, Jays, Rockies. Real quick, let me just throw in one more thing when it comes to the grading, Use. right? Uh, because teams are also in this rewarded each time they win their division. They get one point each time they win their division, and they get a negative point for each time their team loses 90 or more games. Okay, there you All go. Right, so just another thing. By the way, real quick, first 90 lost game, you get a grace period. First one is a warning. Oh. We'll slap on the wrist. Okay. If you Don't will. do that again, yeah, pirates. Exactly. And then you do it again. But then again, you get in trouble. Again. So back to the lightweights, Anthony. Yeah, the lightweights, pirates, Orioles, Royals, Reds, Jays, Rockies. The only team in there that I think that many fans Jeez. are be like, wow, oh, yeah, what are they doing? It's probably the Jays mm-hmm. that, that are in there. But remember, it's been recent success for the Jays. Right. I also think it's interesting the Pirates and Reds are in the lightweights. Not surprisingly, uh, those are the two teams that play in the NFC South and and all Central. Well, it's just the Reds. It's just the Pirates. Right. Didn't have to. Tier four. These are the welterweights. Brewers, Mariners, Nationals, Marlins, Padres, Tigers, Rays, Twins, and White Sox. Rays are kind of interesting to me, given their their sustained success. But I guess they had some, some lean years. From 95 to about, I don't know, 04 or so, right? Yeah, they've done a, a really good job here in recent years of, of drafting and developing really, really well. Uh, and when you look at the last decade, they would have 15 points. That would be good for 10th when you look at the last There you go. Years. That makes more sense. Tigers, I'm sure, would have a, a much better ranking, too. They had some really bad years in the 2000s. Tier 3, the middleweight, the middleweights, Mets, Diamondbacks, A's, Rangers, Angels, Cubs, and Phillies. So we still haven't gotten to the Cardinals yet. The light heavyweights. This is tier two. Guardians, Astros, Giants, Dodgers, and Red Sox. That's right. Your St. Louis Cardinals. Tier one. The heavyweights. heavyweights. Get them. Also a good movie. The Cardinals, the Braves, and the Yankees. Those are the three teams since the wild card was introduced in 1995 that racked up the most points when it comes to divisions, 
World Series, World Series appearances, wild card wins, champion, you know, pennants, all that. Brad, you get, yeah. you, I know you got a further breakdown. No, not really. Oh, okay. Go ahead. 72 points. 72 no, points for the so Cardinals, their third. The thing is, so during this, they've had 17 years in the playoffs, three wild card losses. You probably remember some of those. Uh, division series losses, three of those. Championship series losses, seven. Two World Series losses, two World Series wins, and 12 division titles. Consecutive 90-loss seasons. As we all know, the Cardinals had have zero of those. No consecutive 90-loss uh, seasons. So here is, uh, here's what the breakdown over at The Athletic they had to say. Only two MLB teams have had no 90-loss seasons since 1995. Cardinals, obviously, is one of them. The Yankees are the other uh, team, if you remind her that, Anthony. The Cardinals <laughs> are a model of excellence and reliability liability in the National League. That's not just me saying that. That was in the article. Since 2000, the Cardinals have had just one losing season. That was 2007. That might have been partly because of me. And have no. reached the playoffs 16 times. If you're a fan of the Brewers or the Cubs or about 20 other teams, that is maddening consistency. So you think about like how upset you get. Like, we haven't won a championship since 2011 from the 618. Uh, but <laughs> The model of consistency this team has had that's like always in it is is something that pretty much every team except for the other two teams that might be just ahead of you here in the heavyweights right. would love to end up having. Yeah, look, and, and and do the Cardinals benefit from playing in a in a weaker division? A- absolutely. You can't tell me there there hasn't been weaker divisions in other in other areas too. Yeah, it, it could go both ways here. They can it's not like the Reds don't play in the same division. The Pirates don't play in the same division. Or the uh, Brewers don't play in the same division. The Cubs don't play. They, there's other four teams that could that could accomplish what the Cardinals do, yet they haven't. The and, Cardinals have. And, and what does it go back to? It just goes back to the organization. First of all, as much as you like to rail, I know we, we do this a lot on uh, the DeWitts. They don't spend any money. They put you in a pretty good position to succeed over the years. Uh, Cardinals don't develop superstars. Yet they're chock full of players that they've drafted within their organization that are playing significant time for them and significant innings and doing a really good job of keeping this organization afloat. And for the pieces that you're missing, they've shipped off some of these prospects for bona fide superstars in Goldie and in Arenado. And certainly I'm not going to overlook you trading away Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallen in a deal for Marcelo Zuna. You win some, you lose some. Mm-hmm. Like that, That's kind of the way that I, I look at this. So there's like, I, I understand of setting the bar high. All that matters is championships from the 618. But there are, there are a lot of different things that go into building a perennial contender. We've had this conversation over the years. What would you honestly rather? Would you honestly rather having a team that you know is going to compete for the division year in and year out, and on that special year where everything clicks or maybe that young prospect comes along and he ends up being the difference maker that you go on and win a championship, or would you rather have the team that builds up not the building up doesn't mean you you're going to win a championship and has all these contracts they all come up at the same time then they have to tear it down to the studs a la the cubs who did in fact get their championship and for them a 108 year drought was probably worth it cardinals aren't in a position like that would you rather have the consistency without the total high end or would you rather rebuild and knowing that rebuilding is harder right now than it ever has been before yeah i'll take the first option I think i'll so take two i'll take i'll take what they're doing now maybe the orioles yeah, right. right. I mean, you got, got a lot of good prospects now. Gunnar Henderson's going to be great. Jackson Holiday's going to be great. Adley Rutschman. We can list about 70% of the league where 
they they've they've done plenty of losing and haven't haven't generated any winning. I I think it always feels better when you, you have a team that that spends and spends and spends. And spends. It, may, it makes you feel better in the off season. But let, let's just take you know the Yankees were always the team that that everybody accused of of buying championships. Yet what was the what was the one thing that they they were incredible at? They were also incredible at at, at having a a foundation in place. Guys like Derek Jeter and Jorge Posada and Bernie Williams and uh, you know Andy Pettit and these guys. They had they had that foundation, and they if they have continued to draft well despite being at the back end, the, the Phillies we'll see, you know the the Mets we'll see, the Braves won largely through drafted players, international players, and then yes they had a really good trade deadline the year, the year they won the World Series. They didn't go into that year saying yeah that's the team to beat. It, it broke right, and now they have said we have a window where we're gonna we're gonna continue to add. Could the, could the Cardinals up up their spending? Yeah, and I I, I think at some point maybe they the market a, might force you that way. They, if you exactly. Want to yeah, uh, but the bottom line is we we don't know yet if the Phillies model, so to speak, or the Mets model, so to speak, generates generates championships. What's that? What did you say? Oh, their model is Kate Upton now. Yeah. Oh, Sounds yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Good call on that. I mean, there's probably a lot of them. I mean, pretty good probably. model, yeah. Yeah. to be really sure. honest. I uh, get a text from the 573. It might be Jamie's guy. Uh, and sent it three times, so that means they mean business. This grading system is bullspit. Where are the Astros? Give me their success over the sustained ass beatings in the wild card round. Uh, the Astros came in at number six. Uh, they were, what was it, light heavyweights, Anthony? They the were, Astros. yes. And, uh, Second tier. When you're looking at the last decade, they would get 42 points. That would be good for second. A reminder, we're looking all the way back from the inception of, of the wild card in 95. Yeah. This longer-term sustained success. And the Astros are a team that they they had to, they did tear down. Jeff Luno over there tore it down to the studs. They actually didn't even hit on all their draft picks. Like They, they had a couple of guys that just did not pan yeah, out for them. Mark Capel and... Yeah, he wasn't good. Didn't they have? Uh, didn't they sign like Aiken or something like that that didn't work out for them or drafted I him? Thought that and was it didn't work that, out. That was Keegan Aiken. Uh, was it Brady? Or Brady? Either Aiken. one. Uh, but the, the Astros' the first round picks did not all work out. Bregman worked out for him. Correa certainly worked out for him mm-hmm. uh, in that rebuild and ended up being big key parts of what they're doing. Um, they got another young sh- uh, stud shortstop in Jeremy Pena. Now they've done a really good job of what they're doing. Not, not taking anything away from the Astros except right. for them banging on trash cans to you know. Why would you go if you're gonna go if you're gonna go just the de- the last decade or so, right? Yeah. Why would you go with the Astros? The Giants won three and they didn't cheat. Because it, it's uh, recency bias, we're seeing the we're seeing the Astros are still on the way up. Obviously, right. just won a World Series and look like they have su- uh, sustained success. We saw the Giants just yo-yo into. I have no idea what the Giants are going to be this year. No clue. Uh, I think they're going to be incredibly fine. Super you know? fine. They're like the Derek Carr of the National yes, League. You can win. If everything goes right. Right. And then you win 107 games. Yeah. And then the next year, you come crashing back down Brad, to Brad, that may have been a fluke. That <laughs> one. Turns out, the analytics people, I bet they were strutting around the building, too. <laughs> we told you. <laughs> and then, like, it's like, the next year, oh, oops. yeah. Oh, the computer, we'll fix them. Yeah. We'll fix those computers. Sorry, maybe we need some updates here. Yeah, a lot of success, though, for the Cardinals. And this this is just uh, another area that, that proves it. All right, it's Fast Line on 101 ESPN. We'll never get through six questions on the Sports Six Pack.
Unless we go like real quick. Or, Do you want to go real quick? No, I don't. Okay, so let's transition. Let's talk. Let's go back to some of the prospects we were talking about before. You want to go and, that yes, route? Yes, and I want to overvalue them just to make everybody excited. BT is going to piss you off next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. <laughs> It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Earlier in the show, we talked about Keith Law's friend of the show. Friend of the show today, for sure. Yeah, because he wrote nice things about the Cardinals farm system. Not even necessarily nice things. I mean, he broke down everybody's farm system. Yeah, but he's, he's high, going. It, he's, he's high on the farm system he's, for the Cardinals. Yes, he is. Went to Harvard. You know that? I do. Keith Law. Now I do. He'll tell you. Sure. <laughs> First three guys we discussed earlier in the show: Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, and Tink Hence. BT, is there is there another? I know you broke down Tink Hens as kind of one of the more interesting guys that isn't named Jordan Walker. Who's the other guy? If we're just going to highlight one more on this list that you feel as though is kind of the most intriguing heading heading just into this year. Heading into this year is yes. actually a big difference. Uh, with that I being said, led you, I wanted to see if you'd say the certain name. Well, with, with that being said, I, I think there is one more guy, maybe, and that guy is Gordon Graceffo. Mm. Who are you going to go with? Matthew Lubitor. For for other reasons, By the though. Way. Okay. All right, go for, ahead. Not not for not for bad reasons, just for you know, he got his he got his opportunity a little bit last year and there wasn't uh there wasn't any like wholesale improvements, I thought as as the year wore wore on. Yeah, it was a weird year for him. Get, so gets called up finally. He's only twenty three, right? You know, like that's the thing about Matthew Libertor. Which, by the way, but it's like, an old twenty three. A couple of things. One, I don't know if Keith Law and Libby are close, or there was an announcement that I didn't hear. But he's just calling him Matt Libertor. So if he's going by Matt now, I think that that would be good. There, I don't know about you, Anthony. There are some people that like they they have to go by their full name. Mm-hmm. That make me not trust him. Like, why can't I shorten that a little bit, Matthew? Right. So maybe that's the change that he needed, you know? Yeah, maybe. Like, there are some guys. <laughs> <laughs> why can't I go with Matt? Because my mama called me Matt, Tony. Like, there are some guys <laughs> who just don't trust him. Thank you, Brad. You're making a lot of sense today. Thank Way to you, go, Jan. Brad. Way to go, Bradley. There's, there's, there's some guys. Bradley. No, but, but Libby's interesting because... You watched him last year, and you see you see why. First of all, you just look at him on the mound. He's six four. He's two hundred pounds. Like that's like kind of what it looks like. And I still think that there's room to add a little bit to that frame. He can mm-hmm. bulk up a little bit. And a little bit later in the year, you started seeing him throw the ball a little bit harder, just rear back. But I, I felt like especially early on, and this is not a uh, abnormal thing, Anthony, is you saw the wheels turning, yeah. and then you see him trying to be perfect, and then he nibbles, and then he falls behind, and then all of a sudden you're backing up bases because these big league hitters, if you put them in advantageous situations, they're going to take advantage of it. His breaking ball can be elite, but the breaking ball, a lot like when we were talking about Giovanni Gallegos earlier when he fell into a little bit of trouble, and if you missed that conversation, we were talking about underrated Cardinals. I believe that Gio is underrated for what he's been able to do, but when he fell into troubles is he got so reliant on that slider he forgot to ever set it up with his fastball 
That's what Libertor has got to do. Now, the thing about his fastball is we are in an analytics world and we're digging into everything. His spin rate sucks. They don't say sucks in the industry, but it, like he does not get that elite spin, so there's not that perceived velocity out of him. Yeah. He's mid-90s with his fastball, which plays, but he's going to have to really spot it up. One thing that I would love to see him be able to do with his fastball is the things that we kept uh, talking about Matt's when he was healthy and Quintana with their fastballs is the ability to just dot that in on right-handers, like really open up a way. And I think that that's really going to help him. But he's going to have to figure out how to best utilize his fastball and really kind of looking at his plan of attack and say, how do I succeed right now with this stuff? Because Matthew Libertor, or as his friends call him, Matt, he is, uh, he's is he got a big league skill set. There's a reason he's been as highly touted as he has. Is he going to be that ace? I don't know. Like, I look at him right now, probably middle of the rotation, but that could change quickly if he learns how to utilize that fastball better. That, that's BT filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Wilson Contreras. Interesting topic of conversation earlier today. BK and Ferrario, who, who had Jason Stark on. And Jason Stark had a lot of poop in his mouth about uh, Wilson Contreras. We'll tell you what he said. Hey, what? That's not fair. But it's a good tease nonetheless. We'll tell you what Jason Stark said about Wilson Contreras and his game next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Your best hope, if you're the average team, is to have a catcher with a great arm and great pop time who can compensate for the fact that runners are just going to get so many more great jumps. I know that there's going to be some stuff that teams are going to try to slow things down, but the impact of the catcher, at least limiting stolen bases this year, is going to be greater than we have seen in a really long time, maybe ever. And Wilson Contreras is just not going to be that. Uh, Jason Stark earlier today on BK and Ferrario with Brad Thompson. I'm Anthony Stalter. 506, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. So the guys did a great job talking with Jason Stark, who's excellent. He's, he always does great work, whether you followed him at uh, ESPN or now with The Athletic. Good writer. He's man. a very good writer. He's in-depth. He's got, he's got well-thought-out opinions. But here's Jason Stark, first and foremost, on if the Cardinals was if, – if Contreras was the right choice for the Cardinals. Well, of all the free agent options, I think he was clearly the best catcher. I mean, personally, I would rather have Sean Murphy than him, but that's that gets expensive to make a deal for a guy like that. You know, we've had a chance to watch Wilson Contreras a lot, right? He's a he's a good player. Or he's, he's a really good offensive player, particularly at that position. I, I just think it's such a monstrous change in what that position has been in your town, for your team. And just watching the Cardinals for the last two decades, Yachty's presence hung over every game. He was more than the catcher. He was like the defensive coordinator. He was that rare guy who had an impact on every pitch and an impact before anyone ever threw a pitch, and not just on the the pitcher. It's just hard to imagine that Wilson Contreras is going to bring that. You'll get plenty of offense from him, and in that sense, he's a good fit. But how he connects with a pitching staff that's so used to a very different approach, to me, is one of the big spring plot lines. 
I, I don't think he. I don't think he goes out on a limb. And we've talked about it before. You can't replace Yadier Molina, so we, we can't sit here and say, "Well, you can't replace Yadier," and then be uh, completely floored with the fact that a national writer said essentially the same thing. Out with the old, in with the new, Anthony. That's what we've always said. No, we've never said that. Never said that. No, not, not, one not one bit. No, it's Incredibly not. with Yadier. Uh, or Where do you want to start with that? Do you want to start? I with... want to ask. I want to ask you this. Okay. He he mentions kind of the pitchers. Uh, and their maybe like a change of in their game planning, right? Their their preparation. You were a you're a World Series uh, winner, BT. You pitched in the league. You're a reliever. What does that What does that mean to you then? Like what do you, what what goes into the preparation for Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, and Stephen Mass and the rest of these starters when it comes to working with the new catcher? You know what, honestly? I think that it is so much less about the preparation now for these guys on an individual basis and with your catcher than it ever has been before because you have people that are already digging into that for you. You mm-hmm. have your analytics department. You've got uh, Dusty Blake, who was a, a pitching strategist for you last year, who was digging into all of this stuff. The information is going to be there for you. And like anything else, you can dig into it as much as you want or as little as you want, but those resources are going to be there. What I think where it matters the most is in a big situation when you are on the mound, when maybe all of that information is just kind of floating around in your head, having Yachty back there and seeing him and watching his face and seeing him with confidence put down a signal and then, you know, whether he's tapping his glove or he's giving you the head nod, like, hot damn, that's the pitch right here. Mm-hmm. Like, like you believe it because you know what he is and you know what his resume looks like and how many pitches that he's called and the fact that he had put in the work beforehand. So maybe if you're swimming a little bit, he's not. Like, he was a constant. So to me, it's less about the preparation, but it's more about in the moment. And for Wilson Contreras, that's going to be something that he is going to have to build with the players. And that's one of the reasons he's decided to not go play for Venezuela in the World Baseball Classic because he wants to spend time with his pitching staff and get to learn those guys and learn their tendencies and what makes them tick. And I believe that that's incredibly important. What other aspect that Jason Stark said really stood out to you, Brad, as you think about Look, the defensive drop-off, it is. It's going to be a drop-off between Contreras and Yachty. Yeah, well, the one is, and I agreed with him, and I agree with him in the offseason of the question was, did they make the right decision bringing in Contreras? And as a free agent option, obviously, like he was by far the best guy. I, too, would have loved to bring in Sean Murphy. Mm-hmm. This isn't a, a, like, uh, you hate Contreras. No, I don't. Sean Murphy's just a really good freaking player. But you think about what you'd have to give up. You think about what the Braves gave up. It was a three-way deal that uh, the Braves did with the Brewers and Call the Call that A's. a threesome. Yeah, sure did. Well, in this threesome, the Braves got Sean Murphy. That's a pretty good get right there. He's a 10. Uh, the Brewers ended up getting, I'll just say from the Braves. So forget all the A's guys that went into the deal. But William Contreras uh, from the Braves, Justin Yeager from the Braves, and then the A's got Asturi Ruiz from the Brewers. Told you I wasn't going to say any of those, but I started reading it. Then Manny Pena from the Braves, Kyle Muller, left-handed pitcher from the Braves, Freddie Tarnock, and Roy Salinas from the Braves. So from the Braves, they gave away William Contreras, who is, He's going to be good for the Brewers. He's a good yeah. player. Uh, he's going to be solid. Justin Yeager, a right-handed pitcher. And then the club's number uh, number one, six, and 18 ranked prospects as well. Hmm. 
Like that, I mean, that's that's a lot that they ended up giving up. So uh, all things being equal, you're going to pick two players. Give me the guy that does both. I mean, that's exactly what he does. Uh, Contreras does have the big arm. Uh, He was mentioning like the pop time, the things that, that Yachty did. Nobody in baseball over the last two decades, and there haven't been too many catchers, there haven't been any catchers other than Yachty, who have been there for the last two decades, but nobody was able to shut down and just suffocate a running game like Yachty did. It's astounding, the the lack of stolen bases attempts, even against the Cardinals, because that guy is there. But the one thing that I think about of having a guy take over, Anthony, this year is, I guess, no better time than in a year where for the first time since Mike Matheny, it was actually Andrew Kisner who had more innings caught than Yachty. Yeah. Like, Yachty wasn't... He, he wasn't there for a lot of the year, and he, he didn't catch as much. And he you know uh, went away for a little bit, dealt with some injury, but he uh, he didn't have the bulk of the innings. It was Kisner. So maybe like now would be a good time to take over. But this is something that I said for the last couple of years, and I've said it about Yachty specifically, but also about like Wainwright. With, with Yachty, I always said for, for the pitchers, whether young pitchers or old pitchers, Realize why he's calling what he's calling and realize like why, what he's thinking when he's doing it or ask him questions afterwards because at some point that guy is going to be gone. And those things that you ended up taking for granted in a situation where you just go, okay, like <laughs> that, that might be gone at some point. So hopefully a lot of these guys ended up learning from the time they had with Yadier Molina and certainly can lean on Adam Wainwright in a lot of those situations as well. So the, the other question that the guys wound up asking Jason Stark was, one that uh, we've kind of discussed. Okay, there's going to be a drop-off defensively. Well, is that enough to make up for the offense? Uh, again, Buchanan Ferrario asked Jason Stark on if Wilson Contreras' offense outweighs the defense. I can see what the metrics show us about Wilson Contreras just like everybody else can. And He had a big jump last year in hard hit rate and exit velocity, and the Cardinals do a really good job of maximizing the production of, of guys with that skill set and guys who who show you that kind of uh, upside in the uh, in the metrics. Just the question is the adjustment of everybody to not having that thing that Yachty brought is it's just a major transition. It's really hard to think of any player who's leaving that kind of void on any team by retiring. I mean, there's been somewhat in free agency, but in terms of a guy who just has always been there, feels like he's been there forever and now isn't, it, it's just hard to wrap your mind around it. Well, now he's got me all sad again. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what the, what was, was that? I thought he was going to go into a – yeah, of course. Hey, he's great. His offense is outstanding. He should tell Keith Law how good he is. Man. That would, that would help. Just, okay. Your colleagues over at The Athletic. Well. So what Jason says in a roundabout way, it's fine. Everything is fine. fine. He's going to crush the A little bit of a drop-off defensively, but There's offensively. There's going to be an automatic strike zone here in probably a year or so, and the catcher will just pick it up and throw it back to the pitcher. That's, That's all right. you got to do. Yeah. If you want to listen to the entire interview with uh, Jason Stark done by BK and Ferrario, make sure Too you head. Bad. No, no, no. They've got oh. a podcast for them, too. Absolutely. We've got our own podcast. they got a podcast. The podcast is all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. That's my fault. Head to 101 ESPN. You knew it. You knew it, though. All right. we got our sports six-pack next. If you have a question, Air Comfort Service tax line 314-399-9646 here. We, that is our Air Comfort Service tax line. Sports six-pack next in the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. Time for the Sports Six Pack here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Brad Thompson filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions. Question number one. All right, guys, from the 314, which is worse, James Nail being DFA'd on his 30th birthday or Wild Bill losing in the gauntlet on his 80th birthday? I would say James Nail. James Nail, uh, yeah, being let go by his hometown. St. Louis Cardinals. Dream realized. Family's all excited. Birthday. Spring training's coming up. You probably already booked a place. He Chances are James Nail's more of a staying at the team hotel kind of guy. Sure. That would be me, the guy trying to cling on to the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you had your plans. Yeah. Maybe he was already down there. Like, that could have been. And uh, and then you get that information that you get You had a dirty released. 30 birthday, and then you got dirty released? Yeah, That's that hurts tough. a little bit. That's a bad day. Now, losing the gauntlet on your 80th birthday... That sucks, you know. Mm-hmm. But chance to win too. Yeah, but then you just go out and you have yourself a cocktail and you say, "Ah, oh, hey, this is life," or right. whatever you do, you know. Yeah, I got this far. Yes, four o'clock. You've already had dinner, you know. You're whoa. What? Right. What do you mean? That's that's just yeah. It's probably accurate. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Eating dinner at four o'clock. He's eating. He, yeah. yeah, I think the older you the old get, blue hair. You go from like eight thirty, and then it just every tw- like every year about twenty minutes just keeps creeping up. I, I can't even process the what idea. What time do you of go eating. to sleep at night, Marshy? Um, it's after midnight. Is it after midnight or is it after two a.m.? It depends on the night. But midnight is like the minimum. Midnight like, All right, minimum. Let's turn in. Actually, Mid- you know what though? I'll be going to bed early tonight. I gotta be up early tomorrow. What are you doing tomorrow? I'm gonna be on TMA. Are you? Yeah. What are you doing on TMA? They asked me to fill in. For Action wow. Jackson? No. I don't know. They, they hey, want to be on TMA? I said, sure. No kidding. Yeah. 7 o'clock, sharp. In the Look morning. At you. Look at you, Marshy. I'm going to be drinking like How three just, cups of coffee all day. We're I'm just like, getting yeah. this news now, huh? Yeah, right. You think that he was going to sneak that one through? I got, Well, he obviously thought so. You know, Marsh, uh, we want to be part of your life, okay? Okay. And that's information we would love to hear about. All right. So well, congratulations. Don't let, don't let Tim try to steamroll you, okay? I won't. Have an opinion? Yeah. And stand firm behind it. So I asked uh, Action Jackson, obviously, like, hey, what do you need from me? Mm-hmm. Right? He says, we just need you present. I said, okay. Just need a pulse. I just need a pulse. You're good to go. I might not have one at 7 o'clock in the morning. I understand. You'll be, you'll be I, and I, I, I think I've been on that show before as a guest. I understand it's, a, it's very free-flowing. I love that. Yeah. Should be fun. We're looking forward to it, Marsh. Well, I appreciate that, Anthony. Question number two. I do go to bed super late, though. Uh, from the 618, how hot is Doug Armstrong's seat? Oh, I don't think his seat is hot at all, quite frankly. It's as cold as the ice at Enterprise. Yeah, which if you've like been his there. Heart. Whoa, when it comes to deals. Like, I'm sure yeah, he's no a family man. Like, he loves everybody. I, I I guarantee you. It's like, Papa Army and all, like, the grandbabies are running yeah. to him. And he's like, oh, I love you. Look what I got you. A little present. You know, like, right. big sweetheart. But when it comes to, like, making deals, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, 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 David, you want to stay here, do you? Hmm. Bye. 
Right. Don't need you. Petrangelo, you want uh Oh, no movement clause? No movement clause, clause really? Oh. See you in Vegas next year. I hope you like the move. Big Rig, mm. man, you meant a lot to us. It is, it's just gritty. Look at you go. To Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, savage. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's what, but you have to have Stabbing it. people yeah. in the eyeball and oh. into the brain. Kill them. Yep. Uh, you have to have a little bit. Grandpa, is that you? No, that stuff? no, 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 killed somebody. The no, media twisted my words. Yeah, but no, he's safe. There's the like I twisted the knife. <laughs> <laughs> what <There's>... was that? <laughs> Question number three. Uh, this is from the 573. <laughs> we got a text real quick from the 314. Says he be trading his grandkids. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Junior, I got a, a sweet deal on a lawnmower. This kid's going, got an A in math. How are you looking right now? <laughs> Not great. Uh, from the 573, I'm a Chiefs fan, so I might be a little biased, but I'm confused as to why everyone seems so sure that Eagles will win. That's Anthony, that's me. Michelle even said so yesterday. I don't deny the Chiefs have some question marks, but I feel like the Eagles do as well. Is there something I'm missing about either from both teams? Yeah, you don't think that Jalen Hurts' shoulder is still a question mark for for the Eagles at Mm -hmm. this point? And you look at some of the accuracy down the stretch, specifically the last like five, six games. He has not looked like the same dude that he did the entire season. And the Eagles are a team. He's thrown 22 passes, Anthony, and you know this. I'm sure you talked about it. He's thrown 22 passes in the second half Mm -hmm. when they are behind. What is he going to look like? How is Jalen Hurts going to respond if Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs get up on him? Like, I personally am leaning towards the Chiefs in this one. So Jalen Hurts, I've often talked about what happens when it's it's a drop back, drop back passing game. And all I mean by that is... You're trailing. The other team knows you have to throw. Are you still making plays? And Jalen Hurts has not been forced to play into a a drop-back passing game much, if at all, this season. So we don't know how he's going to respond. The reason why, and I can't speak for everybody and everybody being on the Eagles. Go ahead and speak for everyone. I'm not going to speak for everybody. Speak for St. Louis at the very end. No, (laughs) I'm not doing that, Brad. You know this is dangerous. This is your show. That's a dangerous thing, Brad. I would never do that. The reason why I like the Eagles is I think this game is one in the trenches. And the Eagles have a a, a significant advantage in the trenches in this game. I think that Kansas City's offensive line isn't very good. I think it's an issue facing most, you know, uh, lines that can get after uh, Patrick Mahomes. But this one specifically with Philly, they don't have just a a, a down four. They've got four guys behind the starting four. They can go to a five-man line like they did against San Francisco, in fact, if they they wanted to go go that route. This game is won in the trenches, and the Eagles have the better offensive line and defensive line. So that's, that's why I like the Eagles. Question number four. From the 314, more likely to happen, Carlson 2020, oh, I'm sorry, 25-25 season or O'Neal 30-30 season? You said Carlson 2020? 25-25. 25-25. 25-25. I was going to go almost in 2025, like the year, but no, 25-25. I'm going O'Neal 30-30. We've seen the skill set. We know we know he's got the wheels. We know he's got the 30-plus home run powers. He had 34 home runs two years ago. Uh, I, I'm going it, – and it's a huge freaking jump. The most stolen bases he's ever had is 15. So like that's a that's a pretty big jump yeah. for him. 
Um, but I'm still taking that one. Which one are you taking? I'm taking O'Neal. And I don't think either one's going to happen, by the way. Yeah, I, I don't think... I just don't see... I don't see Dylan Carlson... I think it's more likely that Tyler O'Neill has has like a, a great year, and if he has a great year, I could see him putting up that. Those Dylan Carlson's not going to get twenty five. The stolen, but ba- he ain't going to steal twenty five bags. No, right. The, the stolen bases one on both of these, the one that throws me off less than the home runs. Sure. So the the high for DC is eighteen home runs. He did that two years ago. Can easily see him getting into a few more baseballs, and especially like with the struggles that he's had from the left side, if he's figured some things out. He can drive the ball out of the ballpark. He sure. can hit 25 home runs. He's not going to swipe 25 bags. No, agreed. The Tyler O'Neill 30 for 30? Hmm. What if I told you that Tyler O'Neill, after a down year where he gave you almost absolutely nothing, put together one of the finest years? in St. Louis Cardinals baseball history. That's the next 30 for 30. The Canadian Warrior. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch right now. And I'm so glad that you jumped in and did this. <laughs> I was looking at you guys. I'm, I'm like, so I don't know who's glad. doing this. I'm I, glad one of you guys yeah. jumped in. Yeah. <laughs> What's it doing? I was about to get there, and I didn't know where it was going to go, because usually I'm killing people off. <laughs> during the that's your, yeah, that's your role. I should have went with, like, what if I told you a power lifter turned baseball player decided. All right, go ahead, Mark. Bob Question number five. Uh, Brad. Mr. St. Louis. From the 314, can we get a breakdown of today's uh, preseason matchup? St. Louis City SC taking on uh, LA Galaxy in the Coachella Valley in- Invitational. The what now? The Coachella Valley the Invitational. Coachella Valley Invitational. Mm-hmm. You know what? This thing, there, there are a couple of events that you want to look forward to every year. One is the Catalina Wine Mixer, okay? <laughs> the second one is the Coachella Valley Invitational Preseason Tournament. And, uh, look, this is going to be one. Uh, St. Louis City SC, uh, they broke the deadlock in the 13th minutes. Uh, Tomas Ostrak, who everybody knows, household name. Uh, of course. Yeah, he uh, he rolled across a pass for Stroud, little tap-in. They're playing good aggressive soccer already just like Bradley Carnell said they were they were going to play no like doubt. that that's a, they're, they're a blue collar team and uh, I think that they're going to be set up to be in a good position I feel like this is first year rattle off a championship whatever that championship is called uh, but they go again on Sunday they're going to face the Vancouver Whitecaps it's going to be their second match of the Coachella Valley Tournament and you've seen a, a lot of good things I, th- I think that Roman Berkey has been really good uh, in net uh, if they call it in net uh, he's been a great keeper you know he's mm-hmm. been keeping keeper the of that ball net. out of it uh, Nerwinski Parker Hebert look they, they've got some dudes they're still trying to figure out exactly how they all fit together and that's what the preseason is all about about, and that's what the Blank and Coachella Valley Invitational is all about. Yeah, well said, Brent. Question number six. You know your stuff. From the 661, will the XFL stick this time? Will it become a legitimate minor league slash second chance for the NFL? Say that again. Will the XFL stick this time? Will it become a legitimate minor league slash second chance for the NFL? I do believe it will stick. Yes and no. Yeah, I do believe it will stick. I don't think it's going to become a feeder system for the NFL. That would be college. Yeah, at least not to the standpoint that that I believe the question is phrased. 
we 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 saw like Jordan Tayamu and PJ Walker and some other players from yeah. the previous XFL get to the NFL. He I, ate me. He <laughs> ate me way back in the day. I'm not saying that that the XFL won't produce any NFL players or second chance opportunities, but if for it to be like a minor league system or a feeder system, Brad nailed it. It's still, it's still college football no, by but, a long shot. But I, I think that there will be, at least here in St. Louis, I think that there will continue to be the excitement that is around it. I hope it is still to the levels that we saw before. I do believe, and, and be honest, there was some spite out of the NFL losing. You say, you know what? There's football here. We're gonna, we're gonna support it. We're gonna support the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, now. You football's been gone for a while. Soccer is here, like, and the season's gonna be running at the same time. You have a certain amount of money to spend. Where are you gonna spend it now? Battlehawk tickets, very affordable. Get good seats there. We already bought some tickets to the first home game. Nice. Little man wants to go. It's one of his Christmas presents. He's oh, got. Nice. Uh, he's, he's digging the Battlehawks. There so, you go. Good. Uh, it's gonna be fun to support that. But uh, yeah, I think it'll stick around. But to think like, hey. I tell my son, Dylan, look at that guy. He's going to be playing for the Chiefs next year. Like, probably not. I mean, you never know. No, he could be. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. For, I'm excited for them to to return, and I'm I'm with you. I think they do. I think they do. I think the XFL does have some staying power. I think it's got to know what it is and what it isn't. And if it does, and it, it, it gets into the right markets, like here in St. Louis, I think they'll they'll be good. Biggest question of the day next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, here we go. Time for the biggest question of the day in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. BT filling in for Jamie Rivers today. Here's Andrew Marsh. What do we got? All right, guys, we got a text today on the Air Comfort Service text line. This one came from Matt. He says, I saw a Nick Wright video where they talked about if Aaron Rodgers leaves the NFC. Is Dak Prescott a top two quarterback in the NFC? With the other being Jalen Hurts. I found that fascinating that virtually every top quarterback is in the AFC. Yeah, Dak Prescott would probably be the second best quarterback. Mm-hmm. What does that say? Uh, it says that all the best what? quarterbacks are in the AFC. <laughs> what is happening? Well, what is going on right now? The AFC. The AFC. Let's let's really obviously let's think about this. Are overlooking Daniel Jones a little bit here with yeah, the Giants? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we're talking about if Aaron Aaron Rodgers leaves. Uh, well, hold on here. What about Matthew Stafford? If he's he healthy, play? he's coming back. He thinks he's coming <laughs> back. <laughs> if he does, then Stafford's got to be the best quarterback in that conference. Yeah, until the next time. Until he gets hurt. Yep. Yeah. So let's think about this. So since I mean, Cincinnati had the number one overall pick. They got Joe Burrow. The, the Bills had multiple top ten picks. They finally landed on Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs went up and got him. So credit that Trevor Lawrence. Top, you know, top overall pick. The AFC had a bunch of bad, bad years and wound up hitting on their quarterbacks. When the NFC had their bad years, they didn't. You know, that's that's where you can kind of go through the recycled graveyard of and of bad top picks out of the out of the uh, NFC. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a hard one because you look at the NFC West specifically, and it was supposed to be okay. Like, we shifted directions with Rosen. We're bringing in Kyler Murray. And now Kyler Murray, who knows exactly what he's going to be except for freaking expensive. He's mm-hmm. going to be that. Uh, and the, the 49ers, they bring in Trey Lance. They realize, hey, didn't play much in college, but – He's going to be the guy. We saw it. This is going to work in the system. Yeah. And now the question is, is he even going to be there next year? Will they move on? Now the decision gets a lot tougher with Brock Purdy and, and his situation. But um, it, there are so many. This is such a top-heavy quarterback class. All right, let, let's do this. You guys ready? We'll, we'll play a fun game here. Okay, oh, I, I like games. games. Jalen Hurts will take him and put put him aside because he's MV, MVP and he, maybe he's going to be a Super Bowl winner in a couple of couple of days here. Let's use Dak Prescott as the barometer, okay? All right. And then I'll throw a quarterback. Would you take Dak or the quarterback I'm gonna so a, I'm gonna a, use? Dakometer. A decometer. That's right. Yeah. Daniel Jones. Dak. I'll take Dak. Kirk Cousins. Give me Kirk Cousins. Okay. Anthony. Anthony. You're I'm taking Kirk. Kirk Cousins. Come on. Correct answer is they're basically the same quarterback. Uh, Jared Goff. We're getting a lot What's of What's the system? What's the system? Yeah. Current system he's in. Who's in? In uh, J- Jared Goff. The current system Jared Goff's in. Or put Dak into Jared Goff's spot? No, Dak, Dak stays in the same same offense. Give me Dak. I'm going Jared Goff. He does not turn the ball over, like, at all. Okay. Um, I'm jaded. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of texts. Jared Goff. We have Jason Goff. We have Jared God. Jared God <laughs> is 10 times better than Dak. I don't know who Jared God is or Jason Goff, but both of them. I take both those guys over Dak Prescott. Justin Fields? Yeah, give me Dak. Yeah. One's, a, one's a quarterback. I'll take Dak, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Boy, the NFC South is bad. Um, we'll just skip over them. I'll take. Uh, <laughs> I would take. I would take Justin Fields if I was choosing a, a fantasy football quarterback. Okay, right, but that's as far stick, as I go. Let's stick with I'm it. Not. All right, Trey Lance. Well, we know you don't play. Trey Lance, well, we're going I to play. Act. I just don't participate. Yeah. yeah, you draft. I gave the money. Here's the league. So Kyler Murray, everybody's going to take Dak. Dak. Here's an interesting one: Geno Smith. Dak. Dak. Okay. Even though Geno Smith completion percentage, blah, blah, blah. Good year. Great year. So your your top two quarterbacks would be Jalen Hurts and Kirk Cousins then, BT. Wow. What a I guess. And yours would be top two. Jalen Hurts and Jared Goff. Well, he picked or Cousins. Or Cousins. Or Cousins. No, I'd, I'd, mm, yeah, I'd pick Cousins over Jared Goff. All right. So here's the question, because we're talking about missed draft picks. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that one of these quarterbacks in the draft, so whether it be number one overall, many people think it's going to be Bryce Young, yeah. even though he's undersized, listed as six foot. People that are around him say he might not be six foot, and he's kind of frail, uh, which who knows how that works in the NFL. Or if it's C.J. Stroud. Do you think that any of these quarterbacks are really going to be able to change one of these franchises? Wow. I know. Um, no change no but Jalen Hurts being in the Super Bowl this year I I think kind of opens the door for the realization we say all right if you if you do have a good roster like let's take the who's picking in the in the top 10 who absolutely needs a quarterback like if if you're the are the Raiders picking the top 10 I don't think so well they're an NFC they're 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 not in the NFC 
Right, but just for the sake of whether or not, gotcha. like, you can you can kind of turn around a team, right? NFL draft order. So the tag the Texans are a terrible terrible roster. They're picking in the top ten. Uh, how about the Colts? The Colts have a good roster, not a great one. I don't think it's the, I don't think the only reason is because Matt Ryan fell apart last year that the Colts fell apart. But let's say they hire an actual head coach. Could C.J. Stroud step in and and have a really good season with that with that team? I could see it. The Raiders are picking seventh. I think the Panthers are a more talented talented roster than than people realize. But I don't know if one of these guys absolutely changes your your fortunes right away. What if Derek Carr, obviously the, the question involved Aaron Rodgers getting traded to the AFC. That's the whole point of this. But what if Derek Carr goes to one of those NFC South teams? Does he now become one of the top two quarterbacks in the NFC? I think they're yes. all I yeah, I think they're all in the same grouping. I think Kirk Cousins, think Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins? Derek Carr. Yes. I think they're different versions of Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Absolutely. Like there's different tiers. Like we had elite, we have Kirk Cousins, and we have bad, you know, just stuff yeah. like that. That now, makes sense. For me, I still like I still like Dak better than Kirk Cousins, but you can, I mean they've had kind of this a similar career to this point. Derek Carr, same deal. But I think they're all in that same grouping. They need an influx of talent at the quarterback position in the NFC. That's what we're saying. Where is this across the country, though? Don't we live in a world right now where everything is more specialized than it's ever been before? We're supposed to be, like, breeding these top-tier quarterbacks. They're out there doing footwork on the beach in L.A., like, right now. Right. Why are they not showing up at the NFL level? What are we doing wrong in our quarterback development? There's such a big gap. Uh, Coaching. Or just not enough God-given ability, and some of these guys at the top are just special. There could be. There could also be an experience factor too. Patrick Mahomes played what three years at Texas Tech? Sat a year in the NFL. Has Andy Reid? He's got the God-given ability plus experience at the collegiate level, and Andy Reid. Lamar Jackson, for as long young as he is, I think he was a three-year starter at Louisville. Yeah, you know, uh, C.J. Stroud doesn't. I mean, he, what two two full years? I think at Ohio State, a lot of these guys are two years and in, right? Bryce Young, see if three years, so he might be intriguing. Brock Purdy stepped in right away. Why? Kyle Shanahan, a really good roster, and he had four years at Iowa State. So I think experience comes into play, comes into play here. These guys might be getting rushed too too quickly. You right. always say draft them and play them, Anthony. You say don't let them sit behind anybody. You've always Brad, beat that drum. Brad, one of the biggest advantages in all sports is having a, a quarterback that's not making any money. See the Eagles. Well, then you ruin them. They're not making any money. Then you got to get another one that's not making any money. Very true, and the cycle continues. It's vicious. Welcome to the NFL. What you miss, criticism, comp- criticisms, compliments, next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. anything from today's show make sure you download the podcast 101 espn.com or your 101 espn mobile app it's all brought to you by dobbs tire and auto centers brad thompson's going to be with us the next two days filling in uh, for jamie rivers as jamie continues his vacation in fact as you listen to the podcast we talked to jamie today 
there's a good chance I'll be back next week while he's in a Mexican prison. Probably. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good chance. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. be ready. You're available, right? Yeah. Good. Marsh, what do you got for criticisms and compliments today? Yeah. Yeah, we got a few. Um, let's start off with uh, just the beginning of the show. Uh, this we, we got a lot of text messages uh, about our NBA talk. Oh, they loved it, huh? They loved it. From the 443, NBA talk is not good for my health. Please shut the hell up and move on to depressing blues talk. Okay. Wow, wow. That's, I mean, you had hmm. LeBron James break the all-time scoring record. Yeah. You got your Blues have lost five in a row and contractually obligated to talk about them as they sure. come back on Saturday. But I mean, I figured we'd lead with the good news, right? Yeah, I would think. Boy, that was rough. That was what the only one, Marsh? That's, uh, no, there's a ton of them, but ah. I felt that one really captured all of the text messages. The essence that of the we fan. Got. Absolutely okay. interesting. And note to self: Don't hmm. lead the show with NBA. <laughs> We're talking about it ever. From the two zero six, BT is great. To yeah, hear yes. your voice, it's great. You're missed on the show, and look forward. I look forward to hearing you this season with the birds. Well, as Anthony pointed out, I'm as here. Uh, I'm here as much now as I was during the baseball season. Yeah. So you know, I think that we're still going to have a level of consistency here. You were missed then, and you're missed now. Thank you, Anthony. You're doing a great job. You too. On you too, Marsh. Show. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, from the 816, Keith Law is the worst. From the 314, <laughs> BT is good. I don't know how he pulls that off. And that was uh, talking about his breakdown for St. Louis City SC's preseason game at the wow. uh, Coachella, or I'm sorry, at the uh, yeah Coachella Valley Invitational. Look, uh, for me, it's about what are you putting into it, you know? Anthony, if you dig in, if you care, yeah, man, then you're going to figure out ways to talk about it. That's, and that's how I feel about the city. Brad does as much research on the city as anybody is it anybody, anybody on this show anybody in the studio yeah sure mm-hmm. all right our thanks to uh, you the listener appreciate you listening throughout the course of the show today brad again will be back with us the next two days we'll We're be back tomorrow, two tomorrow. are we we'll see okay you get the last minute blues podcast from six to seven i think alex ferrario joins donnie fandango so uh, that should be a good one for Andrew Marsh, who, don't forget, is going to join TMA tomorrow at 7 o'clock. And Brad Thompson, I'm Anthony Stalter. Appreciate everybody tuned in. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.